0: Coming up on episode 62 of Pixel Guide in. we discuss six good Game Boy games, how much are new video games worth to you, we discuss some new 8-bit micro-releases, and some interesting games coming up for the Switch. Tim talks about the Sam Coop, and Eric goes on and on about the Xbox 360. We talk about games we never used to like, Cody chokes on his words, and Eric chokes on a beer
1: one another visitor stay a while stay
0: forever welcome to pick the guy featuring cody eric and tim drew now here are your hosts eric nelson and cody hoffman Well, hello and welcome to episode 62 of Pixel Guy Den. My name is Cody Hoffman. My name is Eric Nelson. And you are in the right place if you're looking for a retro or retro-inspired video game talk and information. Does that sound good? That does sound good. <laughs> that sounds like an accurate description. Um, it is July now, so happy 4th, Eric. Uh, thank you. Celebrating our independence as my, a nation. My,
1: my freedoms!
0: My, 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 my fireworks! <laughs> Blowing uh, stuff up. <laughs> That's my freedoms! I like to blow the stuff up. Actually, there was uh, just as much as, as, uh, illegal fireworks in the air as, as usual this Yeah, year. I was
1: driving back from a little mini vacation on the 4th of July, so when I got home I was really tired. I ended up going to bed at like 9 on uh, on 4th of July night. Wow so I, I didn't take it. Boom, in. I, boom. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Boom. Boom. That's what ear earplugs are for.
0: Of course, I do. Um. Well, on this spe- very special episode of Pixel Guide In, uh, we are talking about a number of fun things. First of all, Eric and I will be discussing six good. Original Game Boy games.
1: Original Game Boy games, which I would never really explored the library that much. I had an original Game Boy back in the day, but I had about four games for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I still have my original. I, I, I never really got rid of anything, but... Um, and I had probably four or five games for it. It's so yeah. probably about right. <laughs> That's about right. Um, on Eric's take a little later on, uh, we will hear you talk about your memories of the...
1: Xbox 360. It's hard to believe it's, what, 16 years old now. Is that retro, Eric? It's retro to me.
0: (laughs) Or is it retro-inspired? And then our buddy Tim from Over the Pond has a little uh, feature for you guys where he's going to talk about the Sam Coupe, which I believe is a small sports car? No. It's a coupe. No, Which means it has two doors but a hard top.
1: So it is Coupé, right? Coupé? It is Coupé, because it has a little dilly bob over the E, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, my my notes don't have the dilly bob.
1: (laughs) Does it? I'm asking, does it have the dilly bob?
0: I don't know. Anyways, it is a microcomputer, Yeah. which uh, I wouldn't say was popular in England. I guess it came out after the ZX Spectrum, if I remember correctly. Those guys made like a 16-bit successor to the Spectrum. And uh, not a whole lot of them out there. And he has one, which is super cool. And it's really nice.
1: It's super. I, I uh, talked to him on Twitter about I was like, man, that thing is minty fresh. It's very shiny.
0: And that's probably because they never made any software for it. So that's right. They're all going to be pretty <laughs> fresh. Um, and what are you talking about? Well, I, I will talk in the next episode about some modern Vectrix games, which I have been digging into really hard. Sweet. I uh, do want to let everyone know, if you guys hadn't uh, known already, that episode 61 cody's corner segment i did go ahead and pop up a video version of it on the youtube so please go check out the pixel guide in youtube channel and you can uh yeah
1: watch that watch a
0: 30 minute i took so much editing did, did I, it, I want to say i spent 10 hours on that wow so if you can go on there and, and add a view uh that would be nice because my hour per view radio- ratio right now is not great no i need to see some numbers so i feel better about myself we're not my life. selling
1: our youtube enough these days <laughs> but uh my favorite part of that video was when you were talking about me no i'm just oh well there you go <laughs> that'll happen
0: um I want to make sure everyone knows that we also have other uh, shows that are part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. Eric, would you like to tell them about the shows and what, I what they've been uh, discussing lately?
1: I would. So there's the Amigos, everythingamiga.com, and uh, their show was about Fly Harder, which I haven't listened to that one yet. I'm a little behind.
0: I, I, you no, know, I haven't either. It reminds me of... Um, was it Spy Hard and Spy Harder when right. they made fun of the Die Hard
2: movies? <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: And then ARG Presents, which is, uh, they were talking about Spider-Man on the 2600 and Comic Zone on the Genesis, which uh, that theme was about superheroes. Because I, I, I started listening to that one. I played it.
0: both those games. Spider- I grew up with Spider-Man. That was one of the games I probably played the most on the Atari 2600. Oh, okay. okay. And then Comic Zone is super cool.
1: Comic Zone's very unique. We've talked about that on our show. Did we play it? I thought we played it in a battle or no, something. No, we once. haven't. I,
0: I've been thinking huh. about trying to find a or way maybe to it play like that six one.
1: Good games. maybe it was on six good games. I that, know we yes. talked about it. Yes. yes. And then we have Sprite Castle uh, from Rob Flack O'Hara. Flack O'Hara. He yep. He talked about. Oh, he's got episode sixty one. Is that
0: right? That's correct. He's on episode sixty one. That's pretty close to us. Well, right we there. just we just passed him. We but, just passed but him. Yeah. He came out sixty one right when we came out with ours. So that did match up actually.
1: Right, and he's covering Hardball on the Commodore sixty four, or was yep. he doing it on the Amiga?
0: I think well, a, sprite, castle. sprite castle. It's, it's Commodore 64, it 64, of course.
1: Um, I loved Hardball when I was when I was a kid on my Commodore 64. I think I had a. I'm I guessing think it's
0: a, a baseball game.
1: Yep, I think I had a legitimate copy too, which was pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, of course, the intractable pixel guiding.
0: Oh which we're listening to now yeah um exactly. arson claire yeah the episode that were uh or the episode the show where they talk about the zx spectrum mm-hmm. aforementioned they're talking about heavy on the magic which is an actual name for a game they got some weird games over there in, in they do good old britain i've li- and
1: i did listen to this episode and it was uh, i had never heard of that game there was supposed to be a heavy on the magic too but it never came out and i was like oh okay
0: well, listen to that for more details. And yeah. last but not least, uh, the 1200XL show, of course, Atari 8-bit based. Mm-hmm. Episode 11 came out where they talked about Drop Zone, which is, I believe, a Defender clone. It is. It is. the game I don't click with, but mm-hmm. Drop Zone, I think a lot of people do love it. Last but not least, we want to make sure people know, um, on the 24th of July here... That's coming up. It's coming up very soon. Uh, in three days by the time this episode releases... Uh, three days. In... <laughs> In nine days, don't ask me where my head is at right now, <laughs> in nine days, once this episode releases, Megathon 2021 starts at 12 noon UTC. It is in aid of Extra Life, which is playing games to heal kids. Uh, go to amegathon.com and you can donate and or watch um, Boat and Aaron play games for 12 hours straight, followed by... Other people,
1: various other, various cast other of characters, yes, doing this and that, doing
0: this and that for 12 hours, but they get to yep. play games for 12 hours straight. So yep. go support that. That is it for um, kind of our uh, housekeeping segment, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Let's get to the meat and the list of this uh, episode. Eric, what should we talk about? Quick questions.
2: Quick questions. Eric, quick question. Quick question.
0: Number one. <laughs> yeah. What is the most you ever spent on a single video game?
1: This is the first time I've seen this question, so i got to think I about it. I just threw it out there.
0: So, <laughs> new or otherwise, that's fine. Uh, so, feel free to think. Feel free to think. Okay. Um, I came out um, with this answer a few w- months ago when I talked about Soulforce being the most I've ever spent on a game. Because yeah. after that thing getting shipped, it was like 75, 80 bucks. Right. Um, And I was thinking about that, and then, because that was a game for the Commodore 64, released by Sarah Jane Avery, under, oh, I forget who, who, uh...
1: Was it Cytronic? No, 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 no. Uh, Protovision. Protovision, that's right, that's right.
0: Um, Awesome game, awesome production values, but then I realized, you heard me mention earlier, Vectrix. Mm -hmm. The true answer is uh, Vector Pilot. I spent $90 to get that thing, and it was worth every penny. It was a super cool game
1: yes and so that uh, it's funny that you just said that because i'm racking my brain trying to find my answer to this it have to be that
0: you think so okay because
1: i bought it too you remember it was after you you reviewed i was like i gotta have that gotta have it and i think that that would be it i'm trying to think and listen i know i buy more new games than you did at least i used to i don't i haven't in in a long time you buy
0: digital new games
1: I, do, I buy digital new games, but not full release like full sixty dollars. Pretty much is what the going rate for is these days. I don't buy much of those anymore, but I used to. So I, it was normal for me to buy a new game every two or three months for sixty bucks. But since I've really, you know, done the show and been doing the research and wanting to play more and more retro games, I haven't. I just don't spend that kind of money anymore on yep. games. But that would be it, then probably... And I want to buy a lot more things. I and think- I need
0: them to be shorter, quicker experiences. I don't need a $60 That's right. game worth of 80 hours of gameplay. I right. Can't, can't do it. Right. You listeners don't don't need to hear me talk about one game every two months. You want to hear the goods exactly. day in and day out. It takes
1: a lot to produce the show because we got to you know play what? like hundreds and hundreds of games.
0: Blood, sweat, and tears, Eric. Blood, yep. sweat, and tears. All right. You ready for my question here? I think so was there a style of game
1: or particular game you did not like or weren't good at as a kid or young adult that you came to enjoy or like as an adult and I always hear this question but it's in reverse
0: it's like hey you know you used to love it and I hate it yeah exactly yeah there's not much I used to the opposite there wasn't much that I don't like that I used to love except just unless you consider the fact I don't have time for long games okay um I'm gonna have to say sports games (laughs)
1: so you did not like them but you do now so
0: actually this kind of fits both okay so yeah when i was a kid like i had friends that were like check it out i got rbi baseball three yeah and i just like fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> and they were just i don't know it's baseball okay great or techno bowl at the time you know it was a huge game a lot of people had a lot of love with that game Snorefest, man. Sports, are you kidding me? I had no interest except for like golf. I always loved golf games. Yeah. Um, and
1: I loved NBA games. Like, i the first one I remember was NBA Live 95 on the Super Nintendo. I played yep. the crap out of that game, loved it.
0: Um, so, I even got to the point where I remember seeing in a magazine, NBA Live 97. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing, and they did this garbage, which they deserve to be sued, Eric ea sports did this thing where they're like nba live 97 they show pictures of like the the playstation version yeah which is like isometric 3d like crazy and then i'm like oh i want that so i asked for it my mom bought paid you know 60 70 bucks for christmas for my genesis game it was not the same thing eric
1: no it was not the same thing but i would i, I would argue the sprite based ones were better anyway
0: <laughs> uh, maybe but i was f- frustrated And I made myself play through like a whole season as the Kings, my my basketball Sacramento Kings. Nice. um, And I still can't enjoy that game. I don't really. Uh, So when did I finally get into sports games? Well, fast forward to uh, college, and my buddy was really into college sports um, and hockey. Yeah, hockey's great game. I'm like, I'm into video games. You're into sports. uh, uh, Let's do this. So we played a whole bunch of NCAA like. 2001 or 2002 the football college football. Yeah. Played a ton of that. I was always um uh uh Virginia Tech for some reason. Hmm. It was always Virginia Tech that became my team. I don't yeah. know why. And then we played the hockey the hockey game on the Dreamcast too. Now, keep in mind, Dreamcast, you could just burn games all day long. Right. I was a college student and a dirty pirate. <laughs> but yeah, we had uh we played a ton of those too. That's awesome. Although nowadays, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for sports games. No. I can't just get there. You can't just pop it on and enjoy it. Maybe like an NBA Jam or something, but like, yeah, it takes a long time to learn how to play a Madden or something. That's
1: true. I mean, my my when my son was younger, he got really into the FIFA games and learning. Like, you could just jump into a FIFA game and play it and have a good time for half an hour. But if you want to know all the little tricks, I mean, there's a whole guide for like all the what all the buttons do. And I yep. I, I never had time
0: to get good at it like he did. So. What's your answer, my friend?
1: Mine is going to be more general. When I was younger, Commodore 64, Super Nintendo era for me, I mean, all the way through there, I never really dug uh, platformers. And especially...
0: That's so surprising to me.
1: Well, well, I was into shmups. I was into um, uh, uh, RPGs. I was into longer games. I was into simulations. I was into uh, pretty much everything but platformers. And then, as things like Super Nintendo rolled through, I, st- I didn't like Metrovania, e- Metroidvania style games either because I was like, "Why would I want to go back? Like, I'm playing <laughs> forward. Why would I ever want to go back? This is dumb." It was really only after that era, like when um, when I think when I got onto the Xbox 360, believe it or not, wow. I, I okay. went back and started playing things like Castlevania on the Super Nintendo, and then Castlevania on the original Nintendo, and I start to really appreciate platformers and got a little better at them my wife was really into uh super mario brothers bros how do you say the first one the first one yeah she could she even to this day she could still beat it like she sits down she can just get all the way to the end and i i always try to play and go oh this sucks like i hate that this is this is the dumbest (laughs) game but now i like it i appreciate it so um i'm just gonna say platforms island and now i love yoshi's island exactly (laughs) So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at the project, D-U-H project. You can reach the show at, at pixel underscore Guiden. You can reach Cody at, at oddball, which is ODDBA1149. You can reach Tim at sanction at SANXION. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback.
0: We also have a Patreon account set up. So if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on pixel guide and using our random adjective generator this month we're getting into the spirit of the games hello and welcome to the pixel guide olympics where every four years the best of the best get together for a friendly competition of waggling that joystick bashing that a button or pressing Control alt delete until the crush of defeat consumes them We don't want you to miss any of the action, so please write these times down and stay tuned. At 7.30, we start things off in the pool with the 100-meter events, where you'll see such stars as the weary Henrik Lofol, the reflective Justin Newell, the noxious Matthew Ackerman, and of course, the infamous freestyler, the suitable Daniel James. At 10.30, the relay event starts, where we're going to see the powerhouse from Russia, starting with the liquid Josh Malone, the true Eric Sandgren, the impenetrable David Vincent, and bringing up the rear, their anchor, the adaptable 10-minute Amiga. Retrocast. That brings us to noon, which brings us some of the more interesting events here at the Pix Games, starting with Hog Tossing, where you're going to see such amazing revolutionary throwers such as the historical Roy Fielding, the level Mr. Toast, and the jagged Maciej Sosnowski. And it's anyone's guess who's going to come out on top when we hit the flag dancing routines. Of course, the grateful paradoid is going to be there, the embarrassed Ramoke Ramoke, and you will be amazed and dazzled by the antics of the grouchy and stiller. That all goes down at the 2 o'clock hour, but at the 3 o'clock hour, things get crazy when it's the cow patty fling. You're going to see such amazing flingers as the detailed Mitsuyama, the mixed Hermski, the godly citizen, and the flat Gary Heather. At that point, we're going to take a quick break. But then in the evening hours, 6 o'clock, some of the fan-favorite events. We're going to start off with the heavy-duty weightlifting, where last year we unfortunately had a uh, contestant pull his arms off. That's right, he pulled his arms off. And this year we're going to see if the young American, the breezy Brian Arsenal, can go ahead and reclaim the throne for America in these heavy-duty events. And of course, at 7.30 to finish the night off, everyone loves to look towards the gymnastics events, and this year is no different because we have a rising star that everyone is talking about. Uh, He can do no wrong. This young athlete has been winning every single event in the offseason, waiting for these Olympic events, trying to grab gold for the first time for his country, Uh, new to the sport, but making a huge splash, the secretive Paul Jacobson. We always do our pathetic yeah.
1: Yay! <laughs> it's, uh, it, should, it should be better. We should we should have a whole a whole thing a whole about thing. it. But you know
0: We should go right in the streets. Oh wait, we'll we'll <laughs> reserve right that for for the soccer that's going on right now. Yeah. Sorry, football. Hey guys. How about we take a little break?
2: And check with our friend over the pond. That's right. It's tea time with Tim. Welcome to this month's Tea Time with Tim. Coming up this month, we're going to be talking about the Sam Coupe from Miles Gordon Technologies. I'm also going to talk about the Trinity Interface by Quasar. This is an SD reader and much more for the Sam Coupe. So let's dive into a brief introduction about the Sam Coupe and the hardware. The Sam Coupe is the brainchild of Bruce Gordon and Alan Miles of Miles Gordon Technology. Miles Gordon Technology, or... MGT was born out of Bruce and Alan, who had once worked for Sinclair Research. And after the purchase of Sinclair by Amstrad, they set up a business to design a disk drive system for the ZX Spectrum range of computers. This device was called the Disciple. Later on, they would do a cut-down version called the Plus D. Based on the profits of this, their real goal was to build a computer of their own loosely based around the principles of the ZX Spectrum range, and update and enhance from there. MGT developed the SAM Coupe over the course of of three years, and it was finally released late in 1989, after delays to production of the main custom chip, which is called the ASIC chip, and also some financial issues that were resolved by taking the company into public ownership. But by June 1990, the company fell into receivership. Later, Miles and Gordon would acquire the SAM assets and continue to sell the computer into the mid-90s. The SAM Coupe runs from a Z80B CPU running at 6MHz alongside a custom ASIC VLSI chip. The entry-level SAMs had 256K of RAM that could be expanded to 512K. It has an onboard Philips SAA 1099 synth chip with six channels. Graphics are generated by a Motorola MC1377P with four modes. Mode 1 is 32 by 24 cells with 16 colors from 128 colors and spectrum attribute compatible. The next mode is mode 2. This is 32 by 192 cells, but colors are the same in mode one. Mode three is an 80 column text mode, which is 512 by 192 pixel screen with four colors per line out of the 128 color palette. And mode four is 256 by 192 pixels with 16 colors selectable per line from the 128 color palette. On the front of the Sam Coupe, there are two disk drive bays that allow for one or two disk drives to be added to the system. Using standard three and a half inch drives with a custom interface, these were in a cartridge style format and could easily be slid in and out in the front of the system. The Sam's design is quite unique. It's a white in color wedge format computer with a nice 72 key keyboard mounted at an angle. The sam is somewhat unconventional in its design as it has a rectangular flat base that is wider than the keyboard then the keyboard wedge shape is almost plonked on top of the base and the keyboard is mounted to that the sam logo is quite prominent on the bottom left of the top of the system and the mgt logo that's the miles gordon technology logo on the top right of the keyboard wedge mount most models have four blue platform-type feet that were part of the design cues of the case. Looking at the back of the SAM, there is an array of connectivity. Looking direct onto the back of the SAM, going from left to right, you have a break button, used to break or crash into a program, MIDI in and out 5-pin DIN port, a traditional Atari-compatible single 9-pin joystick port, a mouse port in a round DIN-style connector, a handy reset button, then you have the 64-pin expansion port, a 3.5mm cassette port, uh, that's the same connector as the ZX Spectrum. Uh, light gun and light pen port, curiously that also doubles as a stereo output port. Uh, you've got the on-off switch neck, then there's a SCART video connector, but this is not a standard SCART format. Many fell foul of that when trying to hook up their SAM and just getting a black screen while using a standard SCART cable. Then comes the power connector. The power supply was in the same casing as the Amstrad CPC MP1 modulator and, coincidentally, in the power supply also came an RF analog signal modulator, so you could tune your SAM into the TV. All this connected through the power supply connector. Very curious. I've not seen this before on or since on another computer. Back in late 1989, if you wanted to pick up a Sam Coupe, you could pre-order the base Sam with 256k and no disk drives for £169. Adding a disk drive later would set you back £90. But adding one with the Sam at the time of the purchase would save you £10 per drive. Adding an extra 256k of RAM would cost you £40. So, if you wanted to go for a fully loaded Samcoop with two disk drives and 512k of RAM, it would have set you back the princely sum of £369 at list price. So that's a little bit about the history of the Samcoop and hardware specification. So, that's a little bit about the history of the Samcoop and hardware spec. The main reason for wanting to do Tea Time with Tim this month on the Samcoop is that my Sam has been a bit of a shelf queen for a while now. I purchased it a few years ago. I got lucky that it was in great condition, fully boxed and was working. My plan was to purchase an add-on that would make the Sam usable to me. I have since purchased some of the excellent modern day add-ons from Quasar, whose hardware and software for the Sam Coop you can find at www.samcoop.com. One of the devices he makes is called the Trinity Interface. This plugs into the expansion port on the back of the SAMCOOP and has three functions. Firstly, it is an Ethernet controller with a CAT5 connection port. This gives a full Ethernet TCP IP stack to the SAMCOOP to allow future related applications. Second is a 128K EPROM. This is used for storing settings for the Ethernet based applications and the TCP IP settings. But last but not least is the SD flashcard support for the SAM. For me this is the reason for owning the Trinity interface and allows you to put SAM disk image software onto an SD card and load it directly into the SAM. As my SAM does not have a disk drive, I wanted to find a way to get access to the SAM software library and this was about the same price as a floppy drive as it was back in the day at around about £80. While the SAM Coupe does not have the biggest selection of games, there were some very good conversions of popular games made for the SAM. There is a stunning version of The Prince of Persia, Lemmings and one of my personal favourites is Manic Miner that got an update with some smart new graphics and different levels. Plus, there are lots of cool demos and utilities to explore. This makes having the SD interface utterly essential for a SAM owner in modern times in my point of view. Another part of my reasoning for having the Trinity interface is the value of anything on the SAM related these days. Just looking on eBay now, there is a copy of The Prince of Persia by Domark complete in its box with the 3.5-inch disc st- with a starting bid of £119. So, as you can see, trying to purchase the discs, that may not work anyway, is not a viable option unless you have very deep pockets or get lucky, lucky with an auction for a Sam Coupe with some software included. So once you have your Trinity interface, you're also going to need to be able to boot into the BDOS system. This is a DOS system written by Edwin Blink, originally from the Atom IDE interface. BDOS has now been adapted to use with the Trinity interface and is required for the operation of reading and writing to the SD interface. BDOS comes bundled with the Trinity interface on a three and a half inch floppy so you can boot into the DOS wedge. There is also a boot ROM that gets swapped over for your standard sam boot rom and auto boots into bdos i have this installed because it's quicker and i have no three and a half inch drive so it is required i have also updated my sam with 256 extra k of ram to take it up to the maximum of 512k this was also purchased from quasar along with the boot rom the sam normally has two drives drive one and drive two however when you're using the SD interface, it effectively gives you thousands of disks in which to store your software and boot from. This is where the complicated bit comes in, and you have to be a bit of a seasoned PC and retro computer user to get on with this. It's not a simple plug-and-play device like the Kung Fu Flash for the Commodore 64 or the DivMMC Future for the Spectrum. It takes a bit of working out. Here is a quick guide to getting one of the SAM SD cards up and running, and then loading a game. So then, first off, the SAM format is not directly readable on a PC, so you can't just drag and drop files to the SD card. What you need to do is format the SD card using the Trinity interface to get the format correct and set up the SD card into lots of different disks, or as they are called in BDOS, records. Each record is the equivalent to one double sided floppy disk, disk at around about 720k. So, if you were to take a 2 gig SD card and carve that up into 720k records, you would get roughly 2,700 floppy disks on a 2 gig SD card. So, in today's uh, terms, a small SD card like a 2 gig is more than enough storage. It can become unwieldy based on how you use and access them on the SAM. So normally you use a few different SD cards rather than one with over 2000 plus disk images on it. As there is no file commander and launcher with the Trinity, so keeping it within around 20 to 30 records or disks per SD card is recommended. Once you've formatted your SD, you then need a way to get your your disk images onto the SD card. This is done by downloading and using a program called Samdisk by Simon Owen. To add an extra layer of complexity onto this process, it's all command line driven. Not overly complex, but it does not have a drag and drop GUI to manage the disk images and records in use. So make sure you've got a pen and paper handy to write down your records and where you've stored them. So first off, you want to grab your DSK files. I would recommend worldofsam.com. They have a great resource for downloadable files for the SAM coop. So the next thing to do is locate your DSK file and copy the SAM command line. Normally put it into the same location as where that is on a folder in your PC. Uh, put your SD card in the SD reader in your PC and you're ready to go. Next, open up a command prompt, and the first thing that you want to do is check your SD media has shown up and find the ID number. This is listed in the SamDisk program. So to do this, you need to enter the command samdisk space list and then press return. This command will list your physical drives connected to your PC. Your Windows drive will normally list as device 0, and then your SD media as device one now if this is a freshly formatted SD card now if this is a freshly formatted SD card we are going to put the disk image in disk one or record one on the SD card to do this we need to enter the command samdisk and for example we're going to be prince of Persia so samdisk .dsk space one full colon one so that's onto device 1 in RECORD1 on the SD card. So that's the PC side of things taken care of. Next is to test the file in the SAM Coupe itself. So I then plug my SD card back into my Trinity interface SD slot, switch on the SAM and it boots into BDOS thanks to my boot ROM and then gives me the command or the cursor on the screen. Because we only have one disk or one record on the SD card at the moment we can just get the SAM to look at the first record by typing record space one and then press enter. Then to boot the disk we can just type boot one or we can just press the F9 key on the keyboard and it will boot straight into the disk for us. Simple I hear you say. Well. The added fun comes in when you have written a few records to the SD image, all at the same time on your PC. Then you go to load them up on the SAM. You can list all the records on the SD card by just entering the command record and press return. However, at first this will show nothing at all. What you actually need to do is name all your records individually once you have copied them over using SAMdisk. So, as we know that record1 on the SD is Prince of Persia, we need to issue the command record1, so this takes us into the disk, then type rename space 2, open quotes, Prince of Persia, close quotes, and press return. Once that is done, then we can bring up our record list again, and it will show us Prince of Persia under record1. So that's where you need to list of what record numbers you have stored on the disks and and what name they are under so you can later on rename them in BDOS. Yes, all that on the surface seems like a bit of a faff, but as a SAM owner it's just part of the experience and gets you involved in using the system. Sure, it's easier to have a disk drive, slap in a disk and boot, but with the associated costs of the disk and keeping the drives cleaned and maintained I know what I would rather use. So now that's how we use our Trinity interface, what about all the games? Well, there are some great modern homebrew games, and of course, some of the classics that I listed earlier. And don't forget that Quasar, who is Colin Pigott, is keeping the SAM scene alive with his SAM Revival magazine. He's also doing new hardware add-ons, and he's even working on a new version of the SAM, as he has purchased all the last known batch of the VLSI integrated chip that is at the heart of the SAM. If this episode of Tea Time with Tim has piqued your interest into the SAM, please keep an eye out on our YouTube and Twitch channel, as I will be bringing a few streams of the SAM and hopefully a video that expands out on the Trinity interface and showing the SAM itself in the next few weeks. Hope you enjoyed this and thanks for listening. Catch you on the next episode of Tea Time with Tim on the Pixel Guiden podcast.
1: on this month's eric's take i wanted to cover the xbox 360 i got to thinking about this console the other day uh, when i booted it up and realized that i had a subscription to xbox live for Uh, 14 years and next month it'll be 15 years and i think that's pretty amazing to have a continual subscription to that service for that long i just have a lot of great memories on, on the xbox 360 and i guess it's starting to enter the realm of being retro so i wanted to cover it but another thing about the xbox 360 is It was the very first console that I actually bought near launch date. I think I got it only a week or two after it launched, which was November 22nd, 2005. And I remember getting it, I think, sometime in early December. Uh, I, I cannot for the life of me remember where I bought it, but I do remember having to get on a list and then going and picking it up. It was probably someplace like GameStop or something like that. I remember purchasing it about a year after my son was born, which is amazing because my son is 16 now, and he'll be 17 next month. And I remember him still being uh, just a a baby when I got the Xbox 360. Uh, A lot of my friends got the Xbox 360 about the same time. Uh, So I had plenty of people to play online as well as local uh, multiplayer, which we did a lot, and I'll cover a couple of the games that I enjoyed playing multiplayer as well as some single player games. I would say that the Xbox 360 was one of the, was the first console that I really got into as a gamer. I would play uh, the games. If I didn't beat them, I got quite a bit through them. But I also, uh, whenever friends would come over, we play that. And I did that on the Super Nintendo and things like that too. But when I look at my collection of games, even to this day, I have the most Xbox 360 games, original games than any other console, uh, whether it's the Xbox 1 or the Super Nintendo or whatever other systems I had in the past. I don't have nearly as many games as I have for the Xbox 360. I mean, I right now my library stands probably at over 100 games. Now, before I get into the games, I wanted to cover my history of purchasing the Xbox. So, I got an Xbox Brought it home, played it, enjoyed it, uh, attached it to Xbox Live and was playing online and local. And then, well, first I should back up. When you, back then when the Xbox 360 first came out, it came with a 90-day warranty, which was ridiculous. But at the time I was thinking, oh, you know, this is a new console. There, there possibly can't go anything wrong with this. And I am not joking. I think it was day 102, if I remember right. I got the uh, the Red Circle of Death something happened, it overheated, it would not boot up. So I contacted Microsoft and said, Hey, what can we do here? And they pretty much told me it's not under warranty. And if you want to uh, send it back for out of warranty repair, it was going to be something like $175, which that was a ton of money. I mean, the console itself, I don't remember how much I paid for it, but it wasn't that far above that number. So I hung on to that Xbox 360. I think I put it in a closet thinking that one day, maybe it would, the price of repair would come down on it. And I bought another Xbox 360. And I, cause I had already invested in Xbox live. I already made friends, I already had some games, so I didn't want to lose my investment in it. So anyway, I played it and that Xbox 360 uh, still works to this day and I I still have it and I use it. But meanwhile, uh, many months later, Microsoft announced that the 90 day warranty on uh, the original Xboxes was going to be extended to one year and all Xbox 360s were going to be uh, under warranty for one year. So I immediately called them, they sent out the coffin, which was the nickname for the box. And I sent mine back and within a couple of weeks, they sent it back repaired and I had found myself, I found myself having two Xbox 360s. And in the house I lived in, I kept one upstairs, kept one downstairs, used it as a primary DVD player and music player on both systems. And uh, I I had that for a very long time, up until a few years ago, where I gave one of my Xbox 360s to a friend of mine, uh, and kept my uh, kept the replacement one that I got back from Microsoft. And I still have it to this day. And I, I do still boot up the games and still play them every once in a while. Now, one thing I want to talk about on the Xbox 360, which I find significant, is the controller. To this day, I still think the Xbox 360 controller is the best controller for gaming I've experienced. I was excited when the Xbox One came out because I thought, hey, they're going to probably make their controller better even than the Xbox 360 one. But I gotta tell you, I still think the Xbox 360 One is superior to even the Xbox One, and I know a lot of people say the PS4, uh, PS3, PS4, PS5 controller is is better. I I disagree. I think the Xbox 360 was darn near perfect. The weight, the just the way it feels in your hand. Not to mention the Xbox 360, the battery system. You could get a rechargeable battery and. For, and for a while I used the rechargeable batteries <clears throat> and then you could set the controller in a dock and recharge it. And that's not uncommon. That's like with most controllers, but you could buy this other little snap on piece that you could just stick two double a batteries in it and snap it back on. So you didn't have, if you were in a, in a gaming session and you had forgotten to charge your rechargeable batteries, you could just pop it out, pop one of these, uh, different, Containers, for lack of a better term, that contain the AA batteries. Pop it in, and you could go on for more for hours just having a couple of AA batteries. And I found myself using AA batteries more than the rechargeables for a while because the rechargeable batteries, after maybe six months, they would stop uh, holding a very good charge. At least the batteries I was getting, and so AA batteries was an option. I thought that was really cool. Um, eventually, I bought <clears throat> four. four controllers in total so that when people came over, we could have these epic uh, multiplayer sessions in uh, a couple of different games. And that's going to bring me to talking about games. And the first one I'll talk about is uh, probably one of the funnest multiplayer games on the Xbox 360. But first, I want to mention this isn't a review. I'm not reviewing these games. These were just some of the highlights and my memories of these particular games uh, on the 360 that I really enjoyed. Now, Xbox Live came with the marketplace where you could buy uh, downloadable games. It was, uh, you know, 15 years ago. That was kind of a novel novelty, And I, and I but I bought so many games online. Uh, I mean, right now on the Switch, I'm buying games left and right, but it all started with the Xbox 360, and I really got into digital games. And listen, I, I know we talk about this a lot on the show, uh, but, you know, physical games are the best way to go because you can always pop them in and play them on a system, but Nothing beats the convenience of just downloading a game and always having it on your hard drive, uh, especially on the Xbox. And uh, so one of the first games I remember grabbing was uh, Bomberman Live. Now, I love Bomberman. I loved it on all. I I, I originally played it multiplayer on uh, the Super Nintendo with the multi-tap a lot. But Bomberman Live brought enhanced graphics as well as uh, you could play, I don't even know what the top limit is on players. I think it might be eight. But my friends, we would just have a, a BYOC, bring your own controller night, and everyone would bring their controllers. And even, and I had four of them. So we would get everybody in on these games. And I remember my neighbors would come over, my friends would come over, and we would have these massive, I can't remember how many total, I think it was six players, uh, seven players. I mean, it was there were these massive Bomberman sessions and, Uh, There's nothing. Nothing beats. I think one of the best party games ever is Bomberman, and it has been for so many years. But that was one I downloaded on the uh, Xbox Live, and it was a blast. And then the other game, which I have right here in front of me, was Rock Band. And, uh, you know, I bought just about every iteration of Rock Band on the Xbox 360 that you could. Um, I know there was Rock Band, Rock Band 2. There was Rock Band The Beatles, which added Beatles um, songs. And at, at some point, we just went nuts, me and my circle of friends. We bought almost every peripheral for a rock band you can imagine. I mean, we had the drum sets, the bass guitars, regular guitars, um, microphones, uh, we we brought in real microphone stands for microphones so we could play the guitar and sing at the same time. Uh, we bought the throne for the drums so that it was like a real drum set, uh, and you could sit there and adjust the, the up and down of the of the throne so that you could get the right size. We were we took it very seriously, and we would play online. We would play local multiplayer but also like if friends couldn't make it that night, they would just play from home. You could put in players from remote. You could put in local players. That game was so versatile and so fun. Uh, I have so many great memories of rock band and I still have all the, uh, instruments laying around like in the garage and somewhere in the house. Uh, and one of these days I want to just try to find all the pieces and put it back together. One of the things about rock bands is that it was heavy into the DLC and the the downloadable songs, every, I forget, I think it might have been once a week or once every couple of weeks, they would release a batch of new songs and they were always really great bands. Uh, and, and of different challenge, there were, you know, ones that were challenging and ones that weren't. I, I have kept my hard drive over the years because it basically has a ton of the downloadable Songs And from what people, I haven't checked this myself, but what people have told me is that because of rights and licenses over time, some of these songs were removed from the marketplace, but I still have them on my hard drive. So whenever I can get all those pieces back together, I think I want to revisit that with some friends because what an amazing experience. I mean, Rock Band, one of the great multiplayer games of all time for me in my history. Anyway, let's continue down the line here and take a look at some other ones. The Xbox 360 was the first console that got me into the franchise for Far Cry. And the first game I played of Far Cry was Far Cry 3 and that was also one of the very um few games that I I I beat pretty quickly. I mean, I think I the Far Cry 3 I think I beat within a week. Played it for about a week, beat it, um loved every minute of it. I still think it's the pinnacle of the Far Cry series. Um If you are into like uh, uh, first-person shooter games but that have a kind of a stealth mode, kind of challenge, more uh, tactical Far Cry, you really owe yourself to try Far Cry. One of my favorite series of all time. Um, I bought the ones that came out on the Xbox One. I am really looking forward to the new Far Cry that's coming out soon. Uh, I know it's for the... Xbox Series X which I don't have and don't really plan on getting but I heard it's going to come out as well for the Xbox One so I'm going to grab that but it all started for me with Far Cry for uh, with Far Cry 3 on the Xbox 360. The next one was one of those games that there was so much hype about it and when it finally came out it really lived up to the hype I think. This is another game I beat on the Xbox 360 and that is Titanfall. Titanfall is a mech game where you jump into a mech and one kind of the, the unique thing about Titanfall is that yes, when you, when you, when you dropped in with your mech, you were in this mech suit, but you could also exit it. And then you were just the pilot and the pilot doesn't, um, it basically is a lot more maneuverable, but a lot more vulnerable. And so it added this very interesting element where, You could play as the pilot running around on the ground, firing your gun, whatever, or you could get inside of the mech and then just, you know, wreak havoc with this giant robotic, uh, you know, warrior and just an amazing game. The first Titanfall and I ended up buying Titanfall two, um, and just didn't quite grab me the same as Titanfall. I still think Titanfall is the best one in the series, um, so another great memory, and this is on everything, so that I'm sure a lot of people are going to relate to this, is Xbox 360 is where I got into Skyrim. And I'm holding it right here, and I'm looking at it. Still have all the maps inside of it, the manual. Brilliant, brilliant game. I mean, this, this is uh, one of my favorite games of all time. And... I do have a bit of a um, horror story in regards to the Xbox 360 on this. So started Skyrim and played it for months and months and months. And finally was very, very close to beating the game. I was on the last mission. I had done all the side missions. Uh, I don't know if I did them all, but I did most of them. Um, I loved Skyrim. Absolutely brilliant game. So I'm just about to ready to beat it. And one day, I go to load my save file. Doesn't work. It got corrupted somehow. So I was so desperate, I called Microsoft Tech Support, and uh, that was a huge mistake. The, whoever I was talking to just did not seem to know what they were talking about. And through the process of troubleshooting, and, and my memory's a little va- a little fuzzy on this, but through um, the troubleshooting, he basically guided me in deleting all the save files that I had, which I had some that were, you know, I'd played with a different type of character and I'd gotten quite a bit through, but deleted every save file I had on there and then just apologized and said, well, it doesn't look like it was saveable. And so I lost all my save files and basically didn't have the heart to restart Skyrim. So even to this day, I still have not restarted Skyrim. Uh, I did end up buying the copy for the Xbox One, and I loaded it up and played a few minutes of it, but I just didn't have the heart to get through the storyline again. And I guess I'm waiting for the next Elder Scrolls to come out, and maybe I'll jump into that one. Um, the next game I want to talk about was Death Smiles, and this will be quick. Death Smiles is a kind of an anime kind of looking game, but it is basically a shoot-em-up and one of the great games, one of the great shoot 'em ups um, on Xbox 360s. It's basically these story of God. I, I it's been so long since I've played it. It, it it's a cave game, but um, there are five characters to choose from, all female, and they all have like um, different stories to them. And you play through the story in, in the shoot 'em up. So you're not in a spaceship. You're not in anything like that. You're basically this these. Uh, Young Women and you're playing you're you're fighting your way almost like you're uh you have magic and you're you're fighting your way through it. very interesting game. Uh the next one I want to talk about was Civilization Revolution. I had played the PC version of Civilization numerous versions before I got this and when I read about this game it was they called it like a consoleized version of Civilization meaning the graphics were bigger and chunkier and the navigation was going to be easier because you didn't have a keyboard anymore. You had to use shortcuts. And so I was very skeptical of it, but I remember when I found this, it was on sale. And um, so I was like, okay, comes with a big manual looking at it right now. Um, that shows you what everything does and it works. I know, I know this, this game got panned by some of the more purists with civilization, but This was awesome. This was an amazing game that I spent a ton of time with on the Xbox 360 and really enjoyed. So if you're a big Civilization fan, it's worth looking into this. Um, Another one I want to talk about was Borderlands. I think everyone's very familiar with Borderlands, so I'm not going to really go into it. But I did uh, get Borderlands and Borderlands 2 on Xbox 360. And the first one to me is better. I I enjoyed it very much. This is another game. I, uh, I I I want to say I beat. I didn't really. I got to the end and was fighting Handsome Jack, which is the uh, enemy in this game, the final boss. And uh, I probably tried to beat him 10, 15 times and just couldn't do it and then eventually just stopped. Uh, I'd, I'd always get him down to just a sliver of health and then something would happen and, and I would die. So, you know, that's a bummer. Never quite beat that one, but uh, that's a great game. Uh, another one, uh, which uh, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know that I'm a big Street Fighter 2 fan. I love Street Fighter 2, Championship Edition mainly. Uh, back in the day, I was very good at it. I loved it. Played it in the arcade a lot. Played it on my Super Nintendo. Um, but I got Super Street Fighter 4, Arcade Edition, um, on the Xbox 360. And I was. Uh, this is another game I was very skeptical about. I was just like, it's not going to... You know, it's not going to beat my uh, my favorite, but I had so much fun playing this against friends, playing it online. Um, The graphics are amazing in this game. Uh, If you love Street Fighter, you should check out Street Fighter Super Street Fighter Four arcade edition. It, It can be it's so cheap nowadays. You can find it in places for five bucks. Um, the next one I want to talk about is uh, Burnout Paradise. Got this first on Xbox 360. I know it's on everything nowadays, and they even have a remastered version for uh, you know contemporary consoles that are out now as well as on the Switch. But Burnout Paradise was one of those games where you could sit there and just collect cars. Uh, you could do street races kind of in this open world environment. Uh, I loved the Burnouts before Burnout Paradise, which were more of a, Uh, of a linear system. You know, you went to this race, you went to that race. Um, But this one brought a whole open world that you could just drive your cars around. If you just felt like cruising around, you could do that if you felt like doing races or the little stunts, you could do that. Um, But meanwhile, you're sitting there and you're collecting car after car after car. And uh, just just a blast. So burnout paradise. That's another great one to check out. Uh, another one I think was an Xbox exclusive. This is my final one I'm going to talk about today, but it is called Crackdown. And when this one came out, um, it did get a lot of press and it did get a lot of praise too. Um, it basically, you are kind of an over the shoulder. So it's not quite first person shooter, but over the shoulder where you're this, um, enhanced, um, police officer on the road and you are fighting a ton of enemies, but you also have this ability you gain more and more strength through the game, and then you can climb buildings and you're you can collect these orbs that are on the buildings. That was one of the funnest parts of this game was just the collectible part of it where you're collecting orbs and just completing missions. I beat this one back in the day. I was excited when Crackdown 2 came out and I bought that. It again didn't quite live up to the brilliance of the first one. It was okay. Uh, I did play it quite a bit, Crackdown 2, but it, it didn't match up Crackdown. And I always wondered if the version that came out on Xbox One, there was a lot of hype about that one, about destructible buildings, and and uh, the graphics were supposed to be like amazing. And then it got panned by reviews, so I never bought it. But I might go out and find that one because I have such great memories of Crackdown. But anyway, that's uh, just a small sample of my library and and all the favorites that I had back in the day. Um, the Xbox 360 can be had fairly inexpensive. I mean, I've seen them at stores now for 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Uh, if you've never gotten into the Xbox, it's a good place to begin. Um, there are still so many games that you can get for the Xbox 360 and Xbox live still works on there. You can still log in and play other players. Uh, the Xbox live is transferable. So I just have one subscription, but I use it on my Xbox One as well as my Xbox 360. Uh, And and there are all these really cool devices and peripherals for it. There's like a little keyboard that'll snap into the bottom so you can text players in the game. Uh, There's like a little headphone module so you can plug headphones in. Um, All sorts of neat stuff for it. It really is, in, in my whole history of gaming, it probably has been my favorite console and one i've spent the most hours playing so anyway those are my memories of the xbox 360 i hope you found it interesting Uh, i will see you next month on eric's take and uh, thanks a
0: lot for listening thank you patrons yeah Uh, because of you we can afford beer
1: we really appreciate it and let's get right to my favorite part of the show the beer the beer
0: Slash errata and feedback, which we kind of do together. Yeah, let's do that. We'll drink the beer while
1: we do errata and feedback. Let's play drink the beer. So I brought this one today. It's from Oakland, California. Town. Right. It's come from Federation Brewing. It Actually,
0: is, I'll be in Oakland in a few days here. Yeah.
1: It is a beer called Behind You. With an exclamation point Behind you Blonde Ale Crisp, clean, pairs with mistakes I don't know what that means Oh, but. oh this is going
0: to be perfect
1: <laughs> It's perfect for the podcast This is going to be our mascot <laughs> It's our ma- mascot beer Hey, we're doing an errata Errata, so There you it makes go Makes sense So I'm going to open mine while Although you, we got uh,
0: nothing wrong I'm pretty sure of it
1: uh, Here, I'm going to cheers the can to your thing go. So that I can pour
0: Awesome 62 episodes, Eric and Tim, who's not with us right just yet. All right, I'm taking a sip. I'm going in. I want to try this bad boy. Yep. Mm. Whoa. Chicken. That is full flavored. I was expecting like a lighter. I mean, it, it's light in body, but. It's
1: light colored. Definitely, you can see through it. It's not hazy or, or anything. The beer, it's got a nice carbonation. It's got a it.
0: lot of bitter notes. Like very bit. Heavy on the Bitter Notes.
1: Bitter Notes, but a lot of flavor for a Blondale. Yeah. Usually expect Blondales to be more like uh, kind of 805 where they're just kind of, I don't want to say flavorless, but not a lot of not a lot of character to them. Let's say that. It's
0: not a sweet beer.
1: Not a sweet beer at all. Yeah, you're right. It almost has a bit of a
0: dry, bitter, not in a bad way.
1: I was talking to a friend recently, it, it, and this kind of sums it up for me. It's like, you, you know the taste of mineral water, which I'm not a big fan of Mineral water. Mineral. Okay, but it tastes almost like it has like it's brewed with mineral water, like it has that rocky flavor to it. You know what I'm no, talking yeah, about? No,
0: it's very um, yeah, irony. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's got some sort okay. of mineral. Yeah, but yeah. it's good. It's I good. like it's it. It's refreshing. It's not amazing. No, it's good. Um, let's go ahead and throw down a review for this bad boy. So, uh, Federation Brewing. Um, starships I was about about to say I'm thinking Star Wars here and it's even got like an imperial looking not imperial but a yeah a logo showing like logo showing the world and um, yeah looks kind of like a a rebel logo so So, uh,
1: out of starship enterprises
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes how many holodecks how many all right I'm gonna go with how many holodecks out of there was what five different seasons of star trek we're getting really far out now yeah i don't out of, out of five different holodecks <laughs> how many holodecks you give me this one
1: okay um, i'm going to give it a nice middle ground 3 it's right in the middle there bam mm-hmm. i'm going to give it a 3 it's refreshing it's refreshing well, You could all- give it a
0: 0 so that's above that's above middle
1: yeah it's refreshing as all get out
0: I, i'm going to i'm going to join you i'll give you 3 3 holodecks 3 holodecks it is good if I was at a bar and it was hot out I might buy one again maybe but I'd have to check out all the other beers first yeah. before I went back to it I like it
1: alright
0: <sighs> right, so some mm. feedback and it's a tall boy which always gives it an extra point for being yeah. for being more you got a little piece of feedback
1: yep and uh, this was a conversation I had on Twitter with Alexisms you remember him he likes to to to, to chat. shout yep. to shout out he said, episode 61, The Game Maker on Switch. We were talking about The Game Maker on yeah, Switch yeah, yeah. that your your Tim was talking about? Uh, no, yeah, no, no. Tim, Tim. Tim's daughter. Yeah. Tim, yeah. Sorry, Tim's daughter. He said, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this on the air, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do it. <laughs> Ask Tim if he knows Herg, H-U-R-G, which was a game maker on the Spectrum by Melbourne House, makers of <laughs> The Hobbit and Way of the Exploding Fist. Okay. And then he talks about, you were talking about Yakuza. Yes. And he said yakuza yakuza is what shenmu should or could have been
0: yeah i, c- I can see that yeah Shen-
1: shenmu itself is incredibly tedious and clunky it's that's an opinion i actually kind of share i tried to get into shenmu
0: never actually played it
1: and i appreciate it for what it was for its time but like it wasn't much of a game i didn't really enjoy it but i never understood the small but eager shouts for shenmu 3 when yakuza had advanced that massively in the meantime I mean, he makes yeah. good points. I mean, Yakuza yeah. yeah, is an excellent
0: series. Might as well have been Shenmue 3 through 10, because there's like seven of them.
1: Yep. And the last thing he said was, I had one friend at school with a Texas Instruments TI, because we talked yep. about that. I don't know if there were any UK-created commercial games, to be honest. Anyway, I remember someone saying to him, accusingly, there's no new games coming out on it. And he replied, it's, it's got enough already. And you can't argue with that logic. <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, that was from Alexisms on Twitter. Nice.
0: Uh, I heard back from Retro Gamer Nation, which is someone you need to check out regardless. Absolutely. Hop on on the internet and check out Retro Gamer Nation. Some good stuff there. But uh, he just wanted to let me know that he enjoyed my C64 segment. Well, thank you. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Watch Um, the
1: YouTube of that. Yeah, watch
0: the YouTube video. See? Plug number two. Uh, He appreciated the focus on the modern-day games that, for some reason, continue to be shunned by the majority of the C64 community. Do you think that's true? Do you think they're
1: shunned, or do you think they're just not talked about as much?
0: I, you know, I've actually, it's kind of the first time I've heard that. Yeah, I've never heard anybody shunning them. However, I do know there are a lot of people that I've heard from, or even podcasts, that... Strictly, just want to talk about the old stuff. Like they're just into the old stuff, and that's all they care about.
1: And that's fair. I, I wouldn't mean, say the, it was shunned, but if people really want to talk about just the old stuff, I think that's a legitimate thing. But I think the shining jewel of the Commodore sixty four is the modern scene. I mean, there's oh, such that, incredible games. That's more out or less
0: what my segment last month yeah. was on, or on the yep. YouTube. So please check that out, and go to Retro Gamer Nation's website, where he actually has um like ranking guys for all the modern releases yeah um really really good write-ups and really good ratings and reviews and i i, I always go on there and find a game or two i've missed and uh and check it out so uh and last but not least i will mention a quick bit of errata uh our boy doug 10 minute amiga Reg- <laughs> retrocast uh had to point out a few things i did wrong apparently um, That's like his favorite hobby. Yeah, this is his favorite hobby. It's <laughs> the so pick at me. Um, but I love you, Doug. Hey, it, we're drinking out of his mugs right now, so thank uh, you, Doug. I won't even mention the errata, but I will make a clarification. Okay, that okay. When I was talking about the This microcom- isn't about
1: Galaga again,
0: is when it? When I was talking about the microcomputer thing in England being more popular here, I'm talking about my lifetime as a child, which would have been 87 to 91, right? Yeah. Right around there is kind of the sweet spot where I was hitting the... 8-bit Nintendos and right into the 16-bit stuff. So. Gotcha. Just a clarification, guys.
1: Just a clarification. He might forget that you're a uh, you're you're a youngin.
0: Yeah, because I, I you know <laughs> I talk snapper. very wise. That's right. For my years. <laughs> uh, Eric, I think it is time for us to move on. Yeah. And I'm gonna scroll down here to make sure I didn't miss anything. But uh, we're digging into some news. New- All right, news item number one. And remember, listeners, it might not be news per se. Current news. <laughs> which is, you'd think current news would be news. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. By definition. But it's news to us. However, this is from uh, April 21st, apparently. <laughs> this okay. particular article. Um, a company called Intech Gaming has created an arcade one-up Nintendo Switch mod kit.
1: Well, hold on. Let's slow down here. So, Arcade it, One Up Nintendo Switch mod, mod kit. kit,
0: and these are already available on Amazon. Okay. Um, so I, I don't so know what you this take, is. If so you I'm, take an Arcade One Up cab, of which okay. there are many now, there are. Yeah. You can remove the panel, regardless of what controls are in it. Okay. And this kit comes in a big brown box, and it gives you eight buttons per player, two joysticks. And it's already pre-wired. You can see it here. It drops right into place in your Arcade 1-Up kit. Okay. And uh, includes a... I'd have to watch the whole video here to remember exactly how it works. but so it basically allows you to dock your Nintendo Switch in your cab. Okay. And now your whole cab is a Nintendo Switch.
1: So you're really just using the monitor and a new control mechanism. Yep. Does it... Do you know if it guts the Arcade 1-Up board, or is there a switch you can go back to it, or...?
0: that's a great question and uh you should watch this video to <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> you can see it here it looks pretty good yeah. um
1: i mean i like the idea but it would be even cooler if you could switch back to your to your guts inside your arcade or one-up machine
0: yeah so yeah i mean here's the um it looks like okay yeah it's actually even got a little uh metal printed um that's the part on the arcade one up inside that you have to rip out the other one yeah Pop this one in I think it, it looks like It's uh, permanent Okay Yep boom, boom, boom. Must be plugged in The correct way Plug with that HDMI cable Anyways This is a nice little kit You can buy um, I think it was A couple hundred bucks And You make yourself A arcade Switch enclosure essentially with yeah. monitoring controls i'm gonna
1: watch this because i have some dumb questions or maybe not so dumb questions and like, i don't
0: have enough answers for you to ask them right now like
1: isn't the monitor like a four by three yes it is so it's gonna make your switch a that's four a by three. that's a dumb question eric yeah because <laughs> a lot of the more modern games are obviously widescreen so
0: interesting concept obviously i haven't looked into it yeah. that much it's not something i'll use but no but i mean
1: it cool. is interesting i'd like to read up on that it'd be interesting absolutely all right. Tell me about uh, this.
0: <laughs> well, when you talked about this, you must have been talking about the next news item, <laughs> which somehow I scrolled completely Wait, away from. Tim. Uh you yeah, want me to read Tim's Tim, here? yeah,
1: Tim. And I did load this game up, but I haven't played it a lot yet. So Tim tells us there is a game called Termaline. Is that am I saying that That's right? how it looks to me, yeah. Termaline, Termaline. It's a new Genesis Mega Drive uh, game released by Retro Souls. It's a maze-style, Boulder Dash-style game out on itch.io. Name your price. Don't forget to...
0: to tip your bartender.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Through the coder's a nice tip. Yeah, because you can d- probably download it for free, but if you like the game, you should give them money. I, I did load this up, and... Did you? um the animations on it are really cool. I didn't quite get the concept yet. It is kind of like a boulder dash, Mm -hmm. but there's some other kind of weird puzzle elements I need to really dig into the instructions and play it right. It is a solid game, though. I mean, I I do like the colors and the graphics on it.
0: Looks like it controls well and plays well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a more puzzly game, so yep. <laughs> I'm am I'm gonna steer a little. Uh,
0: I can't handle Balderdash. Dash. You know, like Boulder Dash. Dash, Dash kills me.
1: <clears throat> so it's one of those games I got on the Commodore 64. I remember I I, I downloaded pirated that game, and but I did enjoy it as a kid for like maybe a week, and then I never played it again. And then I've played it here and there, but
0: I'm not a big Balderdash Dash fan to be honest. But this is brighter and more colorful and it happier, is, and
1: definitely. And it better. is a it looks like a very well built game. I mean, it looks pretty cool.
0: Um everyone knows about this at this point but we have not mentioned it on the show and that is that uh there's a new Metroid coming out for the Switch. Okay. Metroid Dread, which <laughs> apparently is the first they they said it's the first new 2D Metroid in like 20 years or something like that. It's hmm. not right. And to say to that I say hogwash.
1: What, what which one cuz so, I'm not a big so I'm not uh, into the Metroid series that much. I I want to be. You
0: should be. Um on the 3DS, they came out with one a few years ago called, ooh, what was it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but basically, I guess what they're saying is that was a remake of Metroid 2. Okay. Metroid 2 being the first Game Boy game, yeah. which I could have put on our list here in Six Good Games shortly, because it's a really good game. Gotcha. Um, but they, I mean, they said it's a remake. It's a full-on reimagining with whole new elements. I, I wouldn't call it a remake, but...
1: And what was that one again?
0: That was uh, the one the, you're talking about. The last one they did on the 3ds, which I'm just gonna have to look it up right now. So okay. Um. So I, I would consider the whole new game, but apparently not. Samus Returns. Samus Returns. Um, awesome game. I'm gonna awesome load that
1: game. up. That, is that on 3ds or? That's on 3ds. 3ds. Right? Yeah, okay. That,
0: that only came out um, a couple of years ago.
1: And but it's 2d, right?
0: It's well, it's 2d gameplay. Okay. Which is what this is as well. Yeah. So, anyways, Metroid Dread is coming out, which is yeah. awesome. However, I also want to point out that, because it's related, kind of, uh, this company, I ne- had never heard of them before, uh, is coming out with a game guide, like a, a strategy guide mm. for the original Metroid. Uh, and the reason that it's so cool is everything is completely hand-drawn. It almost looks like, a, like a, one of those kids who's really good at drawing in, like, freshman year of high school Right, made an entire <laughs> strategy guide. All right, I could and, I could dig that and like check this thing out. Here's the um, I'll we'll have to go to a Twitter page, I guess, to to see some of it here. But here's the cover art, and like here's this whole like, you know, piece of art they made basically in the comic book style showing. Yeah. You know, here's Star East. I like it. And then here's some, <laughs> you know, it just looks super cool. It does look really cool. Uh, and so I looked into this, and um, this guy's made three other guides. He made yeah. Castlevania, he made got three other Nintendo games, like very well known Nintendo games. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, they're no longer in print, but you can buy digital copies. But I want print, like. Yeah. I'm not gonna buy a digital copy. I won't read it.
1: I, I I I am with you there. I don't buy a lot of digital print stuff. I want the actual paper product.
0: I can't pay a dollar for a digital version because I literally will not read it, and it will just be a waste of a dollar. That's exactly. all it is.
1: And I remember someone once told me, "Well, just get a tablet and read off there." And I, I did get something, and I was like, "This is not the same. That's I want the magazine. I want the book."
0: Yep. So anyways, yeah, check that out. It's pretty cool. Right on. Sword of Helja. Hel. Helja. <laughs> Helja.
1: <laughs> um. It. Uh, so sarah jane avery which we talk about on every episode because she is awesome
0: she's always making great games she's always just released a great game and she's always doing like four at once
1: now she's already working on an rpg based on the novels she wrote briley witch chronicles yeah which i'm i'm waiting for Mm -hmm. and everybody's waiting for but she's like one of these people that she I, i do wonder sometimes if she she'll make these like Little games before that, or not even little. I mean, there there'll be games before it, almost like maybe she's learning new skills to put into the big game that she's. Oh, working I on.
0: believe that's absolutely it.
1: You think that's it? Because oh, yeah. this game looks awesome. This is a um, a game that looks Zelda-ish, like it's yeah. kind of the same perspective as Zelda. But you are running around, uh, collecting things and fighting things. Blah blah blah. Like I mean, it is like um, a Zelda game action
0: but- RPG. If even even look at the GUI at the top, it's like straight up <clears throat> Zelda ripoff.
1: Exactly. I, I this is awesome. There's not. I don't think there's enough of these on the Commodore 64. Which the Commodore 64 is more than capable of having these t- these style yeah, games. No,
0: I'm, I'm excited about this one.
1: So I am really, really looking forward to this. And I hope that it comes out sooner than later. And I will, I will be there with money in hand. Take my money. Take
0: my money. Um, we're talking about a kind of like a lot of old microcomputer releases here. So mm-hmm. uh, just hang on if you aren't a microcomputer enthusiast, but which you should be, which you should be. Um, on the ZX Spectrum, uh, Zozia Entertainment, who is a Russian uh, programming company, yeah, came out with a very cool game slash tech demo i'm gonna call it a tech demo but yeah uh called travel through time volume one northern lights and i don't know if you, were you able to play this one
1: i did i loaded it up i played like maybe two of the levels and then ran out of time but
0: it, i ended up playing like nine levels wow um, the graphics are amazing on it for a spectrum they're they're really <clears throat> amazing which has no sprites and it's basically kind of like an outrun mm-hmm. but what i like i like this more than outrun um because there's a story, and in between each level, you kind of have different objectives. It's not always just yeah, get to the checkpoint, get to the checkpoint, right? The checkpoint. Like it might be uh, there's a race with twelve cars to come in ninth or better to move on. Yeah. Or there's this one guy who you're racing, so you just have to beat him. Or, um, hey, it's just an evening drive. At that point, it's just make the checkpoint in time. Yeah. Um,
1: That's the one. The ones I drove were just like, hey, make the checkpoint. You know, don't crash, and I like that. I thought that was really cool. I was like, okay, this is kind of a chill kind of racing game.
0: Now, any any of these games are kind of hard to for me to like judge as far as like how distance, how far you are away from things. Yeah, and I would say that the sprites on this—they're not real <laughs> sprites, obviously—but I'm going to call them sprites—are yeah. so big that it's hard for me to figure out how to get around things or in between or judge when you're supposed to go. Right. So I do have that issue with it, but it is gorgeous. So you got to check that out. Um, and, and, then you've got a, and you've got another little bit of a classic microcomputer news here.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, <clears throat> I think that Tim kind of popped this one in there for me, so let me read the notes here.
0: Uh, let's see. I'll do no such thing.
1: <clears throat> you swiped my notes away. Pawn Software is back and tweeting after a long silence. Vanja I think, is it Vanja? Vanja? I don't know how to say let's that. Let's say Vanja is back with a new game. So far untitled, but it looks to be based on the previous game called Goblin. So I don't know if we can see that in here.
0: This, I mean, this looks just like that's Goblin. it. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yep. Yeah. I, I love the colors in it. Uh, the little uh, bad guys look really cool. They look like little uh, gelatin blobs.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but it, it looks like a real, like a pretty cool little platform, little
0: single screen platform game. Yep,
1: whimsical well, well, little ladders. Oh, you like collect the little things. On each level. What is that? That's like, uh, what is that game I really love? Um, it's on the, it's Rodland. It's like Rodland. Have you ever oh, played okay. Rodland? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. I love Rodland. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> it looks kind of like that. Uh, the, the sprites are a little smaller than Rodland. Um, there's like little bats and things flying around. looks really good.
0: And the exciting part about this, of course, is this game, but Pawn Software was gone for a couple of years. It was, yeah. They just kind of dropped off the face of the earth, and now they're back. Yep. And, of course, they make a ton of, uh, well, a ton. They were starting to make a ton yeah. before they dropped off of Commodore 64 games of very high quality. Yep. And this looks to be one. So.
1: And one of our uh, Patreon subscribers, Roy Sterini, uh, he made he developed some games for Pawn Software.
0: That's true. Uh, was, was Bear Essentials in that?
1: Bear Essentials may have been pawned, but that wasn't Roy Storini. Correct, correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Bear Essentials, yeah, it was that was pawn software. That was yeah. a
0: Graham Graham Axton. Axton, yeah. Yes. So Graham, if you're out there. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> Roy Strini, thank you, well done. Yes. Uh, featured one of his games in my last segment. Yeah. Um next up on the Docket. Uh, I really just talked about this just a couple weeks ago, but the Atari 8-bit game I was kind of looking forward to, Flob. I remember when you talked about this. Was released today, and we we're recording this. Oh, wow.
1: So was, they're on the Atari, right?
0: 8-bit on the Atari computers? 8-bits. Yeah. Uh, you can buy a physical copy by emailing this address here, or you can just go down this for free now. Um, completely free. I was not expecting that. No. Now, of course, you have the option to send a few bucks, so please do so. Uh, I have not got a, ch- a chance to play it yet, but there's Flob, which looks... It's Gorgeous, yeah. It I mean, gorgeous. for
1: for the Atari eight bits, this looks. I mean, I don't want to say for the Atari eight bits, but no, it looks that, it yeah. looks amazing. I mean, it, the graphics look like they're. Uh, how do they say that? Hitting above their
0: weight class. I like that. Yeah. I like that.
1: I'm <laughs> trying to be like Aaron. <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds
0: like an Aaron comment. I'm trying there.
1: to get all Aaron from the Amigos. He always I, has clever things to say. say it's top shelf. Yeah, <laughs> top shelf.
0: <laughs> um, and I got another one here. I just want to say, if you want to call this a news. Uh, i'm gonna call this uh sad news eric oh the new uh what's the new mario golf game called mario golf it's called like super dash or something because super rush super rush yeah and i've read some reviews and stuff and it's focused a lot more on like the speed golf than it is actually playing golf which is what i love about mario golf yeah and the reviews coming in from people who love mario golf games are middling
1: yeah, remember when I, when I just in the quick question segment, I was like, hey, Hold I... Hold on. Yeah.
0: What did you have to say, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> That's loud.
1: <laughs> you always say
0: it's loud. I'm trying to get some uh, emotion out of you here. Yeah.
1: But you remember I was saying that, you know, I don't buy a lot of full-price games anymore, and that is true, but... A few months ago, when I heard this game was coming out, I was like, "Well, that'll probably be the next one." Yeah,
0: I was ready to throw down sixty bucks for that game, and
1: I was like, "Okay, let's go do this." And then I, I, I agree with your article here. I went and I read some reviews, and they were like, "Eh, the speed golf stuff is like the primary function." Yeah, <laughs> the speed golf was the primary function, and it wasn't the greatest thing in the world. Yeah,
0: it's so, like sixty percent out of hundred. I mean, did they, did they
1: just try to make it more into an arcade game or something?
0: but I'm bummed out about it.
1: I mean, a golf game needs to be a golf game. You need to take your time, line up your shots. You know what I mean? I mean, I understand yeah. it's hard to make that new and fresh, but there's a reason why they're popular because the formula works. I know. So I don't, I, I can't fault them for that, but man, I am disappointed too. And I haven't bought it and I probably won't until it's- I won't now. I won't until it's like on sale.
0: Maybe they'll they'll do some patches or something that, fixes those things because
1: they did that with the tennis game because i bought that Mario tennis. Oh, okay. so people were complaining about this or that and they did kind of tweak it a little oh, bit to okay. make it better i so haven't gone hope. back to try it yet but um but i hope they do that with the golf because i really wanted that to be good so the one from tim yeah so tim has what and and i feel bad about this one because amiga J is a great a great dude on twitter uh-huh. and i love the work he's doing he's basically makes compilation cd32 discs that you can download and you burn For the
0: amiga 3d32 which is a consoleized 81200 amiga basically it's a computer made into a console correct so i play cd-based games
1: yep and it's a lot like the dreamcast where you can just burn the discs and they just work they just it's work there's no copy protection or anything or my like that
0: video up there
1: yeah. Oh, is a 3D like that? I didn't know that. Yeah. You just burn them and you Bur- just rip burn them? Burn them and go. All rip right. and go. So Amiga J, great dude. And before I went on vacation, he he announced this. And I was like, I'm going to buy this, dude. And he's like, great, just do it. And I haven't done it yet because I got back from vacation and got busy. But he is back with a new CD32 collection called the A to Z of Amiga games. And basically, you, you throw them a few bucks. It's not much. It's like 20 pounds or so. 20 pounds. Like 25 bucks, something like that. And it features eight CD32 ISOs that pretty much cover the gamut of, of uh, Amiga games that you're going to want to play, all alphabetically sorted, uh, nice and neat. You just pop them in. And um, if I know Amiga J, like some of the most of these are going to map the right buttons on the CD32 controllers so that they all That's work. What makes it
0: worth it. Right Absolutely. There. That's yep. worth the price of admission.
1: Um, the, just the convenience, I love, listen, I have a stack like this tall, like about an inch and a half tall of just Amiga J compilation discs <laughs> that I made for my Amiga CD32 that are just sitting on top of it right now, and I just, I pop one in, I look, and I try a few, and like, it, it's it's awesome, so, they work. I really want this, uh, Amiga J, if you're listening, I'm going to go get this. I'm so gonna, you just feel bad because you haven't
0: bought it yet. I haven't bought it no, yet, but whatever. I'm going to do it. You'll get there. Yep. I might buy it, even though I don't have a CD32, just because it's such a good deal. Yeah. Now they'll force me to go get a CD32. And a ton of time and effort and caps.
1: I still haven't recapped mine. I I've, I capped the whole the through, like the whole yep. through capacitors, but I haven't touched the SMD because I'm afraid. I'm a little chicken.
0: Chicken. Do I have a sound for that? Do you have a chicken sound? No, I just have. Fight. <laughs> I don't know why that works, but there you go.
1: Um I, I'm afraid to do the SMD because with a like I've done SMD work, but I've done it on things I don't really like. If I if I bust it, it's like, okay, I can just go get another one. Obviously with the C D thirty two, it's like my holy grail. I don't want to blow it up. I was sweating bullets doing the hole through capacitor, so Really? Yeah, well yeah.
0: yeah. Anytime you're working on something yep. kind of rare. Uh have you heard of Tomb? Yeah. You probably have. I just, I I couldn't not bring this up. No, I think
1: I have, but I might have uh, only seen it in passing.
0: So, what do you get when you take Doom? Yeah. And Tate mode? You get the most ridiculous, unnecessary software hack ever. And now you can play Doom with your screen mounted vertically. Hey, I gotta say, that looks really cool, <laughs> For though. no reason. I mean, it does nothing for you, but... No, because how- you'd
1: almost think it's better strategically to have oh, a wider view. Oh, it absolutely is. But it, it does look cool.
0: Especially because in Doom, you can't look up to shoot. You just line it up horizontally, and it automatically shoots. Exactly. But uh, I know everyone here on the show has done a lot of Tate rooting, rotating screen stuff lately. Thanks to us. Thanks to I us. want to take
1: all the credit for that. There you go.
0: Well, we did it the same month. I'll let you take it, Eric. You can have, you can have this one. <laughs> But
1: all these Tate mode stuff is, is because of us. Great of for sum-ups,
0: great for Pinball. Yeah. And um, meh for Doom. But hey, yeah. it's there. Enjoy
1: it. The, the, one of the cool modes of, or things that I've been doing with Tate mode is on my Mr. A lot of the arcade um, conversions for the Mr. all have Tate mode. So yep. if they're vertical ones, I could just turn it like Dodonpachi recently was released. I'm going to sneeze here, which is completely unprofessional. Podcasting, but so let's all get real. I'm okay. When you do it,
0: I'll get really quiet. No, I, I so suppressed you focus it. focus
1: on it. I focused and I suppressed it. <laughs> but anyway, like, the Mister has Tate Mode on a lot of the arcade ones that take the vertical screens. I think
0: I'm going to get one.
1: And, man, it is I'm it is be a be dream.
0: A, I'm going to be getting a Mister soon enough here.
1: Yeah. So here's the next one. This one's mine. And I I uh, I think I did a spit take when I was at home and I saw this. <laughs> so I was drinking something was like, spit all over the place. Pico Droid for the Pico 8... Fantasy console, yep. Is uh, is it out or is it coming out? I think it's coming out soon. At least when I when I put this in here, uh, it is uh, Paul. He is Paul Hamex on Twitter. Uh, is coming in the next few days, and that I put this on a week ago, so it must be I out it's now. Out. Um, he's the guy who did Bubble Bobble for the yep. 8, which that was an amazing conversion. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the, even the music was spot on. But this is a conversion of what I would call Paradroid and Quasitron, because those are two different games. I was going to say,
0: it looks like Quasitron.
1: It looks like... It has the 3D elements of Quasitron. Um, And it's isometric? Yep. uh, It's isometric, but it has the little mini game for conversions... Um, okay. like, like when you're when you take over and uh, other droids, it has a little mini game. Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's gonna me. I, I have to admit, I haven't loaded Pico Eight games in probably a couple months. I I,
0: I plug it in and just rock it for like a week straight, and yeah. then I put it away. And every three like months later, I realize how many people on twitter popped up new games and i'm like man i want to play that man yeah. i want to play it. i have like a list of 20 right now
1: yeah and i and uh, hsi is the guy on uh, discord yep. that talks about making the the little downloads that just you can put a bunch of local games on there i still haven't done that but i want to so hsi i'm coming for that download i'm coming for that
0: download and we'll and we'll abuse him for for our yep. own games and make sure people on this show know that if you go ahead and yeah uh, pay a few bucks for our patron you get access to our discord and you can uh, ask hsi directly if you will uh get you that link well he, the links in our in our yep. in our p- discord page already not but. to
1: mention if you don't know what pico 8 is and you want to listen to cody's youtube uh you you did a one of them youtubes
0: one of them two youtubers yeah
1: one, you're one of them youtubers that made one of them videos vids or whatever vids? <laughs> with a Z. yeah um, but he, you made one that covered a lot of the Pico Eight games. And yeah, my
0: ten, kind of ten favorite games that, yep. at, the, at that particular moment. Yeah, and that was a couple months ago. So,
1: and I am telling everybody who's listening: if you haven't gotten into Pico Eight, drop everything right now, go download Pico Eight or buy it because you do buy it. Um, buy know, Pico to play Eight. The games
0: you don't have to, but ch-
1: it's really cheap.
0: But it's all buying. the
1: games are free. All the games are free. So yep. just go get the games and play them. I I, I love Pico Eight. Such an awesome system.
0: Another quick switch update here. Yeah, uh, three more games from uh, from their big last release. Mm-hmm. I think E3 that I just we never mentioned on the show, and I wanted to. Yeah, Advanced Wars one and two is coming out for the Switch. For the Switch, awesome. Uh, it is both games plus additional like mashup levels and stuff too. So if you want to call it one, two, and two point five. Yeah. Plus, I've only played Advanced Wars and I loved it. The first one. Yeah. I never played two, which is called like Black Hole Rising or something, or Dark Hole. Right? something like <laughs>
1: something that like that,
0: yeah um but i guess number two they made it more kind of more fair because my big my only issue with the first one was when i got to the very last level there was like it was like a chess game there's only one way to complete it and oh. if you didn't do everything perfectly you couldn't do it and i guess two they <coughs> fixed that so in this remastering advanced wars one is now uh it doesn't get to that it's point nerfed, as
1: it's, they say it's nerfed. They, they
0: rolled off the the yeah the challenge that the last couple levels which is good i appreciate stuff like that so um, i spend 10 hours like doing a move and then saving it and then doing a move oh that failed let me go back yeah oh, i'll try it again tomorrow
1: i love advanced wars I, I they're amazing games i love them so i'm I'm looking forward to this i'll probably grab that it's not out yet right these are coming up
0: yeah i, put, I favorite favorite it so that it'll pop up when i yep When uh, when it comes out. So, this next one, A
1: New Dark Alliance, do you remember when I was talking about, like, I was playing through the PS2 Dark Alliance games? I love those games. I still go back to them, like, once every two or three years, I'll go back and play them.
0: And it's funny because it came out and the reviews are getting, like, 70%, something like that. Okay. But it's funny because, if you honestly, if I played those original games, I couldn't review them much more than the 70%. Yeah. But I loved it. It was just simple, dumb, like, yeah. Hack and Slash. I would never say... Like, it's uh, yeah. not an amazing game, but it's just fun. I would never say they were my favorite games, but I will say on the
1: PS2, it's like those games when you just want to play a video game. Like, I want to play a video game. I want
0: to go cut things and yeah. progress and then cut more things. Like a and d themed
1: game and you just want to play, that's the game I go to, so I love it.
0: And in a similar vein, East yep. Another East game just came out. Oh, it's, wow. It's coming out. It's coming out. Yep. Because I, I really like the
1: one, it was the... the lacrimosa yeah and
0: i still haven't picked that one up um uh, but I've played it's it through, fantastic i love that game i've played there about five and they've all used uh the same engine the last like four of them came out with the same game engine. Okay. yeah so this will be more of the same it's not going to be yeah typically it's not going to be better or worse than the last ones but i love it it's just it's kind of like dark alliance it's i love the engine i love how it plays um it's like an action rpg isometric kind of a thing but um it just plays so well yeah, that, I mean, I couldn't give it more than like an eighty-four percent. Yeah, but I, it's just like candy. I can just keep going and keep going. Yeah, love it.
1: So this is one from Tim, and I, I, I'm not sure what this is about, but I'm gonna read this. The read the words. The GB operator from Epilogue. That, oh yeah, yeah. I know what that is. That's a device that plays Game Boy games. Like it's a. Uh, it's like yeah, a console yeah. thing, right? I do remember this, yep. The GB operator from Epilogue, this is a device to play and manage Game Boy cartridges on your computer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember. He, he sent us a link about this. Yep. Works with Game Boy, Color, and Advanced cartridges. Available in August 2021, and for and it's open for pre-order now.
0: For $49.99 plus shipping, and it's out of stock. <laughs> That's right. But this
1: is a thing you hook to your computer... You pop a cartridge in, and then I guess it loads the ROM into an emulator on the computer. Sounds
0: like it just dumps the information from the cartridge into a file. Yep. Simple as that. It says play and manage Game Boy cartridges on your computer. So I'm I'm sure you just pop it in there, it dumps it, and you load it in an emulator?
1: Yeah.
0: So, so uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, so this is, I I talked to Tim a little bit about this on, on Twitter. I think this is neat, it's a neat thing. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it exists. I think it's neat, but what's stopping me from just loading the emulator and just loading a ROM up, yeah. and 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 saving my fifty bucks? But I guess for people who want to do this legitimately, like they want to like do this somewhat legally, this is the way to go. But it, if you're using an emulator anyway, why not just and let's say you have the cartridge. Isn't it easier just to just load the ROM up and keep a ROM, ROM files on your computer? Yeah. So let's say it's legal. Let's say all this is legit. You have the cartridge, but you also have the ROM downloaded. Can't you just put the ROM in a folder and then not put your cartridge back on the shelf and put it away? So
0: there's, there's a device similar to this for a lot of classic, if not all, classic systems. Okay. And I always have wondered that. I'm like, why? Yeah. I mean, maybe the only thing I could think of is obviously something like this would be amazing if you happened to be like the retro video game archive one of those organizations that right. where they're jumping like prototypes and things like that
1: but i'm not sure that's what this this does i mean does it drop a rom file on your computer and then load that into the emulator i mean it has to do something like that but is that what it's for can you rip your all your rom
0: because oh th- i believe so i think that's yeah
1: but then the ROM just exists and you can put the cartridge away. Is that for, what happens? Or do you have to always yeah. put it in the cartridge? Okay. Uh, maybe maybe that's a good utility for it then. Maybe maybe I'm just talking out of my butt cheeks and that's my, the right way to go. Hi, I'm Eric. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, what? My butt's like, hey, man. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm not going to go any further with this. Uh, it is a cool looking thing. It's all see-through. You can see the black PCB underneath and... Uh, the cartridge slides in you can kind of see the yep. cartridge through the clear it looks good
1: that's what i mean And when i look at it i'm like that is really cool it's really neat i want it i have no purpose for it i don't want it although I don't... It,
0: although it can so the one thing it could do yeah okay is if you had like a whole bunch of game cartridges yeah from like the past or whatever you had a bunch of save files on it oh you could dump the save files you know you can do that yeah it said that not in this one but i've seen it's it said that before
1: if 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 that's on there, that is a that's a pretty cool feature. Something, because there is no way now to grab your save files and move them to a computer.
0: Yeah, there we go. Like a cartridge slot for your computer. Never lose a precious save again. See, there you go. All right, back into restoring saves. I think that's good. Um, you can transfer photos from your Game Boy camera.
1: Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, something. Yeah.
0: Uh, and you can develop homebrew and play it on original hardware. So I guess it goes the other way. Wow. How does that work? Develop homebrew and play it on original
1: hardware.
0: Uh, opens the doors to homebrew development and the GB operator. You can easily write your games to blank cartridges. Where do you get these blank cartridges? But
1: you can write. Oh, that's neat. It's, so it's, it, writes. it writes to it.
0: Wow. Well, maybe I... Uh... Oh, and it has. Oh, this is now this is something. If you're a collector. Yeah. Counterfeit cartridge detection. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So you can tell if it's a bootleg or not. Although at that point you basically find out if you got screwed or not, because you're not gonna be able to like bring that to your deal. Yeah. Hold on, plug it into this device. Let me just double check it real quick. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you mind if I try this cartridge out on this my device?
0: Don't mind me, I'm just gonna test this for a sec. Okay, so I think it has more utility than I thought. I talked about this one a few months ago. Not I got an too email. long ago. I got an
1: email about you this. you. Got the
0: email too. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, hey, dude, buy this." And it's weird because I, I swear, like, I only knew about this because I was on this website looking for something else at the time.
1: I think I signed up to to tell me more about it, like when when, when it was no, closer. Correct, enough. correct. Yeah, yeah. A few yeah. months ago when I first uh, saw this, but yeah.
0: Long story short, there's a company over there called PCE Works, and yeah. they make reproduction uh, slash. New compilations, if you will, um, of Turbo Duo sixteen Turbo Graphics CD games. Yeah, which you can buy from them, and uh, it's pretty I, everything I've heard is like a great quality and very nice. Yeah, and they're releasing a console very much like Analog is coming out with a Turbo CD console. Yep, but there's just called the Mega Engine, and not only was it conceived much later, it's also already launched uh, on July tenth, and it is open for pre-orders. Um, Now, I did a little bit of research into this, and it's not quite a full-featured package. Um, It doesn't have a slot for card games. It's only CD. Okay. And uh, when I was really looking at it, it actually looks like it's um, basically an emulator with a CD drive just packaged together. Okay. So not everything I originally hoped it was. And it shows a really cool picture of a screen and a controller. Not included. However, what is included, which is really cool, is it comes with um, a couple of their releases, their CD releases. Which, of course, on my thing here, I'm scrolling around. I can't find at the moment. Um, But it comes with a couple releases. And you can buy this in a kit form. Okay. Which means it comes not assembled. And if you do it that way, it's still the same price. But you get your choice of another one of their titles. To, oh. to be included with it. And their titles are really well, again, really well done. So. Yeah. Um, kind of cool. Yeah. So I was, I was really excited at first, but I believe the price is 279 euros. Yeah.
1: Is it, is it an actual emulator, or is it like FPGA? Do
0: you know? So originally, I thought it was FPGA, but I'm kind of looking at it, and I'm trying, I'm, I'm literally looking right now. Here you go, yeah, 279 euros. Yeah. Includes... um. C D Denjin, which is uh I believe Airzonk. Okay. Um the the Japanese version of it. And uh Kyo Yugutai, Another Oh, and that's a Mega C D game. Yeah. Oh interesting. So that's actually Sega C D. So this is a Sega C D 2 then. That's pretty neat. Um which would help prove the point that it's not, I don't believe, a uh I think it's an emulator. Anyways. Go take a look. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it, I do think it looks like a neat device. Um, it's a little more money than I would want to spend on it.
0: Um, if this was an FPGA <laughs> that could play yes. both formats, I might do it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I have the Mister, and I think it does do all of those things. So I, I'm covered, but... Ah, oh, Mister. Yep. Didn't
0: have to get one. They look neat.
1: One thing that you know, the one thing the mister I was thinking of lately doesn't do, which upsets me, doesn't do Jaguar. No, I need it, I need the Jaguar. Jag.
0: So, uh, Tim put this one, I'll let you read this one again. Actually, or I could read this one because you're next. Sure, sure. Um, I'll be honest, these kind of stories just make my blood boil and I have no interest in them. But Tim wrote it, so I have to say it. Thanks, Tim. (laughs) Thanks, Tim. Um, according to IGN, a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 sold for like a bajillion dollars. 1.56 million dollars on heritageauctions.com site. And a week before that, a copy of Legend of Zelda on the NES sold for $870,000. So this is the most valuable collectible game ever. Um, I don't believe this. Garbage. I just don't. You hear about these things. It's a It's a boxed Sealed new Super Mario 64 game that's been rated with a 9.8 rating by, you know, one of those uh, companies that put them in, like, carbonite. Auction auction houses, yeah. And um, apparently we're supposed to believe that someone paid $1.5 million. Oh, you don't think that's accurate? I don't believe it. You I don't believe
1: someone it. paid that much?
0: I, I feel like it is a conglomeration of rich people working together to make this thing get up that price so that it raises the collections or whatever they already have. I don't think they actually follow through with. It. I don't know. I it I just it I don't see I don't see it.
1: You know that game's not that old Super Mario 64 like I can't I can't imagine that there's not Maybe sealed copies. There's not that many of them, but I can imagine the boxed copies, like that are in good condition. There's probably a lot of those around.
0: I mean, so I mean, I, again, I I don't know this world. I don't know how stuff works, but let's imagine that some guy, yeah, found or whatever an old video store that had a couple crates of Mario 64 games new in box. Yep, he had a hundred of them. But these guys are already investors. They already have money, and they do something like this, make it hit the news, like here, like we're talking about it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, his box of a hundred is worth one point five million each. Yeah, even though this might not have been a real auction, they might have bid, bid up amongst themselves. Even if the rest of them are now four hundred thousand each, they just made money by faking the market. Yeah, something like that. I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I know the world, but I just don't believe that anybody's actually like, "Oh, I really need that, and I'll pay this amount," which is
1: that's thousands a, of
0: times more than it's ever sold for before.
1: That's a ridiculous amount of money.
0: Yeah, I there, mean, there's I, no way. There's that many people who just knew this game should be worth that much. That's right. There's no way. I, I, I don't buy it, Eric. <laughs> I call bull honky. I don't can fight. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm not gonna fight with you. I won't fight. <laughs> not with me. Not with me. All right. I, I think it's a silly. We're amount of back, money. Eric, and I uh, yeah. just bloody <laughs> each other's noses. Exactly. There is no clear victor. Uh, the the studio here is in ruins. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, games were worth too much money. We get it. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> That's your news item. So this is a news article that is...
1: Um, I'm sure you've heard this. Oh, yeah. So the new Nintendo Switch is coming out in October. Everyone
0: knew what this was going to be and they had all kinds of information about how it's the pro model and it's going to have an upgraded processor Remember we talked about it like a couple months
1: ago it was going to be called the super nintendo super switch nintendo which switch. that's it's that's really not it's not going to be called that um but so the killer features on this thing as far as i can tell whoa it's got wine oh it comes in new colors which is pretty cool i like, the, white, I like the black and white one it's pretty neat um, It's going to have an OLED display that's larger, but it's going to be the same size, but there's not going to be borders. It's going to go all the way to the edge or something. The screen or is going
0: from 6.2 inches diagonally to 7. Okay. And it's going to be OLED, which if you've never seen OLED, though, it is gorgeous.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think this is going to be the real deal. The screen is. Um, I did read something else that said there's going to be an Ethernet jack in the
0: dock. Yeah, have an upgraded audio. dock. However, if you don't care about the OLED display, you can just go buy the dock. They're selling it with the Ethernet port separately now. That's does, just the new dock they're selling.
1: Does the dock do anything else nope. other than just have an Ethernet port?
0: Okay. Nope. Well, it doesn't... So it plays the same games, as the same dock minus an Ethernet port. No upgrades. New no, color. The specs aren't any different, right? Same
1: chip, same RAM, all that stuff, right?
0: Correct. Um, oh, the one difference. There's one other difference. Okay. And again, I'm going to I don't think this was a planned difference. Yeah. Uh, Instead of the built-in storage being 32 gigabytes, it's now 64 gigabytes. Yeah. Which my guess is that the people who make those the the storage just it's cheaper for them to make 64 now. Yeah. So like okay okay, we'll just go with the bigger one I guess. Yeah. Uh, They probably use that to add fifty dollars to the price because now it is three fifty instead of two ninety nine. Um. But if you haven't bought one, definitely worth the extra fifty bucks to go OLED in my opinion. However, I already own one, so I don't know if I can make it work for me.
1: Yeah, but let's say you dropped your switch and it broke, you'd go buy a new. I'd one. buy this one. Yeah, yeah, you'd buy a new one and you get this one, right? But I'm the same deal. I'm not gonna. I don't. I I play mine in handheld mode. I know you do a lot more than I do. I play it like maybe eighty five percent of the time. I, I have it docked and playing on the screen. Yep. So this doesn't this this doesn't do anything for me. And and the Wi Fi is fine. <laughs> so. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me, but it's cool. I like it. It's a, it's a neat, neat little screen upgrade. Yep.
0: So a lot of people are expecting more. It's kind of lackluster compared to that. Honestly, to me, I think it's more or less what I thought they would do. Yeah. Um, the one thing that people are a little frustrated is they still have not acknowledged anything about the Joy-Con drift and whether these Joy-Cons are going to have the same exact problem. So they yeah. probably are.
1: They probably are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is annoying. Uh, another Eric one here.
1: Oh, Tiny Combat Arena. Remember we talked uh, a couple months ago about Microprose coming back?
0: Oh, this is a Microprose game. So
1: it's one of my favorite, uh, publishers, a game publisher, coming out, and they're coming out with a whole bunch of new games. I mean, they are
0: back, they're back, baby. And these are retro, this one's retro styled.
1: And this is retro inspired, and if you look at it, it's got fun, Virtua Fighter style polygon graphics. Yep but they are modern with up to date like frame rates and everything i mean look i think this is gorgeous but it
0: is like yeah like that um 16 bit computer gameplay but smooth but very very smooth
1: like butter but this is like a flight simulator where you're flying these jets you're dropping bombs you're firing missiles you got a heads up display um i think this looks amazing its scheduled cool. planned release date is in september um if you, you really check this out, Tiny Combat Arena. When I saw this, I got excited. I was like, oh, I really want this. And I was kind of hoping it would come out on, like, a uh, Switch. Because I would love this on the Switch. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to be PC only, at least in the beginning. So well,
0: Microprose is kind of a PC house. No, I understand. but Or a computer house. I, I, I just don't play a lot
1: of games on my PC. I, I prefer consoles, yeah. like Switch.
0: But if it's anything like the old Microprose games, that's not going to work. Because you need a full keyboard with all the buttons. Maybe you got to hit map and you got to hit hud and you have to put uh pick 1 Tur- through 9 for which weapon you're going to use and turn engines B for on for bomb and
1: yeah lift up your landing gear like there was yep. keys for everything. No, yep. I agree. And that's one thing I loved about them, but this looks a little more arcade style to me. So, I'm still holding out hope that
0: it'll I wonder work. how much it's. I'm going to guess 10.99 or
1: 9.99. Like 9.99 the the cost?
0: Yeah, I'm just just looking at it.
1: I'm just, I'd probably, I'd probably pay, pay up to $19.99 for it.
0: Yeah, it, it might. I just don't think that many people would. That's fair. So I think, my guess would be, I mean, $19.99 is not too bad, but. Yeah. All right, let's get off of that one. And Eric, you got another game to talk wow, about. Wow,
1: I've really put you, these in line doing on You all here. your
0: games. And I, actually, you got the next, like, two. So, so I want and this. this you know
1: how I built my mister, and I put it in a wedge computer, and I, ma- I made Oh, wow, it. look at this. So I made a wedge computer out of my mister. And, uh-huh. and you can go on my Twitter account at, at DubProject and see pictures of that. Um, basically, I turned my mister into a really cool-looking wedge computer like the Commodore 64. But this has taken it to a whole new level. This is called the <laughs> K- Callisto 2. It is a 3D printed, um, thing you snap together, no gluing, no screwing it together. It, it, it all snaps together.
0: It's made out of five pieces, five prints there. Well,
1: the print job actually includes 20 pieces. Okay. But I, I have a guy, my 3D print guy.
0: Well, have him make two.
1: He, he's working on making a, a, a design of this. That's going to reduce the number of pieces. Um, But you, it's basically looks like a retro computer style, style, retro style computer. Seventies
0: retro. Yep.
1: You pop in a mechanical keyboard that the list it has a list of all the parts that are required, Um, and you can put whatever you want in this. You can put the Mister in there. You could put a Raspberry Pi in there. You can put whatever computer you want there. They don't decide that but it has an lcd inside that makes it look like it kind of looks like a the old school trs 80s to me or like yeah, the old terminals
0: kind of pettish but yeah yeah
1: like a pet kind of um anyway look it up it's uh, we'll have links in the show notes it's called the callisto too but i do have a guy looking into it for me and he said if he can consolidate he doesn't really want to print it because there's so many pieces to it he's like but i don't know why there's so many pieces i think i can narrow this down to five or six pieces and he's gonna try to like change the 3d um the 3d cad you know the the software that does it yeah he's gonna try to reduce it down and if he can he said he's gonna print it out and ship it to me Mm -hmm. and if you want one i'll tell him to hook it up usually what he does is is like he makes sure like he prints these things out and then he sends them to me, and if I can make it work and it works great, he then offers it for sale. So, uh, okay, but, but I'm going to see, and I usually pay him for everything from the print yeah, job yeah, yeah. and everything. Uh, he doesn't give it to me
0: for free. Well, on time, yeah. I mean, that. But um, I twenty that's, pieces. That's you know, I, I wanted that blue
1: color with the same keyboard and everything. I love that. I love the blue and orange. I want to figure out where to get the keyboard. It, it's down if you scroll down. It gives you a manifest of where to buy and what to buy right there.
0: Gotcha. I'll have to look at it later. But there's that's like a, cool. so he has
1: a, there's a mechanical keyboard and then he has different alternating color keycaps on there so that you can like get whatever you want. Okay. So the keycaps like you buy this, then you buy the keycap replacements and make it look more like an old school uh, terminal. Yeah, that's way cool. So if you guys see a picture of this, it's amazing. It looks so cool. But uh, that's my next project. I'm going to start buying pieces for it, working on it.
0: Gotcha. It looks almost like, some of them look almost like a cube, almost like an old-school cube. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I saw this Kickstarter. Um, this is called X-Screen for the Xbox Series S, which the S is the digital-only model of the Xbox. Yeah. So it's much smaller than the Xbox Series X. So I don't know if you knew the difference between the S and the Actually, X. Actually, I'm,
0: I'm in the market for one now. <laughs> for the so, S? No, I want, I want to play physicals. Oh, so you want the X? I need the X,
1: and that's the one my son. Or I got my son. I bought it for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. It's a great system. But this does the Xbox Series S, and what it is is this guy is has designed, and you can see the pictures of it. It actually works. Basically, oh, it's this thing cube. that snaps into the back and, and it looks to me kind of like, remember that GameCube screen where you bought a GameCube and you could snap the screen on the top that folds into a safe? So you could carry your GameCube around and it has a screen attached to it and you can yeah, play it. Yeah,
0: they even made one for the PlayStation, the original PlayStation Yeah, too. exactly. They made it for the
1: PlayStation. This is one for the Xbox Series X. So you yeah. plug it in. It gives you pass-through ports in the back. So all the ports just come to the back of this little device. And it is a little and it is a, actually a pretty decent size screen that makes your Xbox Series S a portable system. So you can just take it with you and play it at your friend's house. If you have multiplayer you can play next to each other. Okay, cool. I think it's really neat. Um it, it it it's pretty pricey. It's like two I think it was two yeah, like two forty nine.
0: Well these that's Australian dollars. So oh, it's about two hundred dollars American.
1: Oh, that's even cheaper than I thought. So a hundred yeah. About 189 bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah. You buy this X screen, bam, slap it on the back of your bam. Xbox Series S, you got a portable uh, little system.
0: I'm trying to see if I have a cool button for that. I don't bam! Know, I need like an impactful thing, that's not just the bomb. I'll just... Bam! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'll work. Something like that. <laughs> like so anyway, I thought gym. that... What? <laughs> what? Where'd that come
1: from, <laughs> Eric? That's an oldie, but a goodie. Um... So anyway, I thought that was cool and retro-inspired because I—it's based on a lot of uh, old stuff. It so. was
0: inspired. What's Tim. Tim got for us? Well, Eric, yeah, I'm <laughs> doing my I'm doing my best, Tim here. What we have here is—I'm not going to do it anymore because I'll just do it. <laughs> um, Sega Mania is a new magazine coming out. All these uh, retro magazines are being remade again. Uh, now for order, it's a 56 full-color pages of glorious retro Sega-related content with news, reviews, interviews, and more. Issue 1 can be ordered now from the link shown in our show notes. And it looks um, like the Sega Master System covers used to look with that kind of black and white grid. That grid, yeah. This is episode, or Issue 1 here, and of course, it's all, you know, it's in pounds and euros, and then they threw American dollars on there as if... Uh, as if we can get it here for that price. It'd be like twenty dollars shipped to us. Yeah. But good looking little uh magazine that's looks like they're talking about uh some football game I don't care about. E swat. That? There's only two pictures I can see from here. Yeah, there you go. New magazine for everyone to check out.
1: Oh I like the new magazines coming out. I do they do seem to be coming. Out overseas, like Amiga addict. Oh yeah, yeah. And the shipping is just nuts. And then when it arrives, it's all torn up. And because uh, I got my Amiga addict, and it was kind of bent and stuff. And and it took a long time. I mean, my Amiga addict we, was Eric, really late. No,
0: we need to do. What do we need to do? We need to import these things in bulk. Yeah. And then we're gonna cart, uh, create our own uh, retro gamer crate. Yeah. Box a, a subscription. Yeah. A little where subscription where you get you pay, a crate. You yeah. pay forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. And every three months or whatever you get a bunch of random issues of random yeah. british magazines that have come out
1: did you did you, uh, so I was listening to uh um boat and uh the what was the name of that podcast we were just talking about it before the show um the guy from Retro Man Cave
0: um oh yeah 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 the um this week in retro
1: why can i never remember that i don't know why but this week in retro they were talking a couple of episodes ago about a service that you 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 give them your money and they send you a physical magazine of an old magazine and and it's their choice yeah you don't get to pick but you could end up getting like a you know like a zap or you could get like a one of the Sinclair magazines yeah but every month you get a retro, old-school magazine that's pretty cool. supposed to be in pretty good shape. But pretty cool. That is it's pretty neat.
0: But anyway, uh, I Bad digress. news and good news, Eric. What's that? Bad news. Yeah. News is over. We are out of news. We're out of news. However, the good news means... It's time for another beer! Yeah! woo Let's get that. Let's get that going. Let's get that beer. So if you reach on in there, I got a couple of frosty glasses. And I know you uh, brought a couple other beers. Eric's doing all the beer this episode. And it's an Amber Pilsner is how you described it.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of an oddity to begin with. It's bound to be flavorful. This is from Oak Park Brewery. Have you had anything from them? I, uh, I've had their uh their actually lager. really good
0: They're actually a really good brewery
1: Yeah, I've had their lager And it was excellent I've had one of their st- I think it was a stout And it was super good in the winter So there you go, my friend Made in so Sacramento
0: I'd Crack this bad boy For those that don't know
1: Oak Park is a community It's not really a town or city It's, yeah, a, community it's a community Suburb in, Sac- in uh, Sacramento um, It's got a lot of rich Rich history
0: Rich history of not rich people
1: That's right Rich um, Corinthian leather rich- <laughs>
0: uh one famous person from oak park is our former uh mayor kevin was it i'm totally blanking on it right now from the phoenix suns yeah nba basketball player kevin something right gosh no, 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 no. charles barkley and kevin oh my gosh Oh, was it Kevin? That's Maybe it me Kevin. That I'm Not remembering. I have his autograph. I met him when I was a kid and got his autograph and the whole yeah. thing.
1: He was mayor of Sacramento, right? Yes. Gosh
0: darn it, Cody. Uh, I'm actually have to type. I in. might be totally wrong with
1: the Kevin thing, but I
0: thought that was his name. All right, Doug from Phoenix. If you want, you can write in. <laughs> He's and tell write me it. how wrong I am about this. Um, wow, if I even type in Phoenix Suns, Kevin doesn't pop. Kevin, Kevin Johnson. 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 I was right about the Kevin. least. how hard is Johnson? Seriously, I couldn't think of. It. I couldn't think of Johnson. <laughs> Um, I love his stats here. Height six one. He's a short guy. Uh, <laughs> short no, guy. <laughs> number seven on the Phoenix Suns yeah. and Party Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was. Well, there you go. That's he went that. to
1: Sacramento High School. Yeah. and he went to Berkeley.
0: Berkeley. Is- All right, let's enjoy some Amber Pilsner, shall we? Yeah. So very you, very let, heady. It's a very heady beer.
1: Yeah. So cheers. You want to Cheers that. So let me describe this while you take a sip. Amber Pilsner. It is uh, East Kent something and Saz Hops. Sure, that's what I'm tasting. But anyway, uh, people
0: make the city. Blah blah blah. It's anyway. a little. It's it's darker than a normal pilsner.
1: It is darker than normal. It's supposed to be an amber pilsner. So that makes sense.
0: Um, and the it, head
1: is that's a very carbonated. I mean, there's a huge head on this. Thing, yeah, it's so
0: very frothy. And I would say it tastes uh, like a pilsner.
1: Actually, I like that. It's got malty flavor to it. You can taste some of the little hops, but the malty flavor tastes really good.
0: Let me get at it again here. All
1: right, you've mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. done there. I think it's got an interesting uh, malty character to it.
0: Both these beards have been quite bitter.
1: Yeah, you're right. They both have been, and they're they're different breweries completely. Yeah. So
0: you just happened to grab a couple.
1: They have that kind of. They both have a little bit of that same mineral flavor we talked yeah. about. Okay. I like, I like this. it. It's flavor, yeah, it's good. They're both. They've both been
0: refreshing. I'll give them that. Um, so, out of one full, glaring, hot Phoenix sun. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm thinking moon now. I'm like, is it waxing or waning? That's is it gibbous? moon. That's a moon. That uh, is moon. How much? What percentage of the sh- sun is is are you giving this one here? What, what
1: percentage of the sun is eclipsed?
0: Eclipsed? Yeah. How how much eclipsing Is that a word? Ecliption. I'm going to give this a... Based on
1: the other one we did, because I got to use that as a metric. I'm going to use that as a six seventy two. I was going to say sixty eight. So all I right. think we're pretty close. I think yeah. we're pretty close. All right, KJ. All right, KJ.
0: <laughs> He's went by KJ. Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Come on! I can't believe it. I might have to edit that out so I don't sound like a doof.
1: I enjoy, I enjoyed watching uh, Kevin Johnson play when he was on the Suns. Yeah, so that was a good era.
0: Although uh, great era, Spud of Webb was five eight and won a dunk contest. He did so. win a dunk contest. Sorry, too. Kevin Johnson. I
1: got to see Who Spud did more
0: for Sacramento. Really,
1: I got to see Spud Webb play live. <laughs> Because I was old enough to do stuff watched, back then. I watched a
0: Spud Web game. Yeah. Um, how about we take a look at six good,
1: six good games. Six
0: good games. And one good beer.
1: Yeah, this is a good beer. I might, I might bring mine up to seventy-two. I might what be aligned with you because
0: I'm enjoying it. I think it's got a, a rich flavor. A rich tapestry on my tongue <laughs> uh eric we are doing six good original game boy games that's right black and white game boy none of this game game boy color garbage uh, nope i played all mine in true black and white true black and white yep now i'll have to be honest i was i pulled out my GameCube, cube i bought my GameCube player yeah i know i pulled out the new controller and i was all ready to play this uh with the setup you gave me yeah and i couldn't figure it out
1: yeah i need to i and felt I, bad i felt bad because i should have just included all the discs and the sd cards you're gonna have that to you get, maybe
0: later get, get that thing running but i did play these on a super game boy which was a great experience sure yep
1: that's a good way to
0: do to, it too um can't play advanced games on there but yeah um and we did six good you know black and olive game boy games yeah so, so you
1: played them all on the super game boy right Because I'd like to talk a little bit about how we played these games. Because I played one of these games exclusively when I was on vacation. And do you remember our little Bitboy? I see yours over there. I played mine on the Bitboy, and it was a great experience. The screen on that is so bright, unlike the real Game Boy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's so bright. It's so, it's, it's handle. I could just stick it in my pocket. It's got a very small form factor to it. And the the game saves really saved me a lot of time. So, I mean, I could just load up the game saves and take off where I left off. I had a really good experience. I I used the game and the BitBoy. I've recharged that thing twice since I've owned it. The battery on that thing lasts forever.
0: Yeah, those those cheap devices, for whatever reason, they just run and run. Yep. So um, so yeah. I played
1: on the bit just that one game on the Bitboy. The rest I actually played on my original Game Boy. So
0: there's one game here I swear we've talked about in the show before, but it's probably what been like episode one or two. Which game is that? One of the ones you picked. The first one you have listed here.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Well, l- you want to start with that one? Go for it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that one because that actually is the one I probably have the least information about. Maybe you can help me fill in the blanks here. I played Solar Striker. And Solar Striker um is I want to start off by saying it's a blast. It's a fun game. But it's not it's 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 pretty simple game. It is a shoot 'em up.
0: It's a vertical sh- shmup.
1: It's yeah. a vertical shmup which on the Game Boy is not the easiest thing find. genre to find. Yeah. There's not very many vertical shmups and that's what I was looking for. I was like, "Hey, when I'm playing this, I want to find a shmup that I can really sink my teeth into."
0: I'll let this in the background so you can enjoy some music here. Yes, thank you.
1: Soon you're going to get an ad for, like, some kind of testosterone pills or something.
0: <laughs> but, are you feeling flaccid? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> what? we are playing
1: a Game Boy game. How dare you? So this was a game produced by Gunpei Yokoi. Really? Did you know that? Yep. I didn't know that. He produced this game. Um, he also was one of the programmers on it. Um, it was released February 2nd, 1990. It's got six levels of play. Um, so, the power up system in this game is used. So, basically, it's a shoot 'em up. You're shooting up on the screen. <laughs> these aliens come down, and you shoot these power ups, and you grab the P, right? Mm-hmm. The first one doubles one power up, doubles the player's firepower. Okay. Five power ups cause, uh, I'm sorry, three power ups cause you to have a triple shot. Okay. Yeah. Five power ups cause shots to explode on impact. <laughs> So like, it, and that really is devastating. I mean, you can kill, cl- clear out a lot of things on the screen. Um, once you beat the game, it unlocks a hard mode, which blows my mind because this game—I got Not to easy. level four, and it it gets pretty challenging as okay. it, as it is. But That's it's, cool, though, it's cool that it unlocks like a whole different level. Um, one thing I found interesting was it it has six levels, and there are bosses at the end of every level. The first level, the first boss, I, I was watching a like like a gameplay video on this and I, yeah. I realized it doesn't matter how much you shoot him, see how he's shooting at him and like trying really hard? Yeah. If you just go up into the top right corner of the screen and just sit there and let him do his thing times out it just times out and then he flies off and you're done with that boss shooting does nothing shooting does nothing it doesn't matter how many times you shoot him now every other boss after that is more like a real boss you (laughs) shoot him there's no there's no life bar so you don't know where you are you just got to keep shooting him and avoiding the shots but other than that there's not much else to this other than there are the music is actually pretty good for a game boy game I, i like the music a lot and the aliens do vary quite a bit there's a lot of different sprites for the aliens so one thing I really like about this is unlike a lot of shmups that get so complicated like oh you need to do this you need to get these power ups in this, this order and this is just simple it is, sh- is shoot em up refined yeah. yeah it's just like refined and, and the, I,
0: the colors and stuff they look make it very obvious what you're looking at which is not easy on the Game Boy that's right and there's a lot of screen real estate too, which but it's not uninteresting. There's backgrounds, exactly. You can just see, you can tell that what's background and what's an enemy. Yep.
1: So overall, I I really like the shmup almost because of its simplicity, mm-hmm. but it is a more simple kind of shmup. Um, but I really enjoyed my time with it, and I got to level four out of six, which isn't bad for me. And I didn't have that much time to play it, so
0: it actually feels a lot like um, Sarah Jane Avery's Neutron. Yeah, to me. Exactly. Yeah yeah so, i actually almost picked this game but the reason i didn't was i thought we'd talked about it before but it was so long ago i'm like eh, i'll just find something else but i had a feeling you might pick this one yeah and i did out of I'm the blue i glad you did yeah i did one. out
1: of the blue i i really like this game but anyway so that's my first one what do you
0: got hmm. music stops uh i'm gonna start with i'm gonna let's start with cave noir yeah i i have to be honest i
1: I only played one of the games you put up there, so I'm. This is one I haven't, so I'm interested in seeing what it's
0: about. Gosh, gotcha. let me see if I can find a, a a long play here. So now, Cave Noir. What's interesting about this one? Ooh, um, is it is a J- Japan only game? Japan. Okay. I don't have my Japan button. Japan. Japan. Um, Ooh, it's course, a Konami joint. We got we got some guy talking over on this particular video. Um. It's a, it's a roguelike. Yeah! It's a Game Boy roguelike, kind of. Yeah. Um, what's cool about it is not this advertisement. Yeah. Um, so when you press you know, a, a, a direction, your little character in this dungeon will go one space and all the other enemies move one space. Um, but it's almost like little mini-games. Yeah. Because it's not just you go until you die. You actually have an a objective. They'll be like, okay, go into this dungeon, and your first objective is kill two enemies and then get out. Okay. So you, all you have to do is kill the two enemies. You can run away from enemies. You can do whatever you want and find your way to the exit and get out of there. And as long as you survived and got two kills, cool, you gain a power-up or you get an ability or whatever. And then you go back in because now you're like, all right, if you want to try that particular dungeon again, now get three. But you can choose different dungeons. There's different dungeons that you can choose to go into depending on. Yeah. So you can, you know, hop in there and hop out as needed. Um There's like a little inventory system too A little inventory system, you can collect gold You can kill enemies, you can get power-ups You can knock on walls Like when there's a question mark, it means there's a wall You can break through somewhere around there Oh wow um, it's kind of cool that this exists on the Game Boy because I didn't know anything like this did exist. Now,
1: uh, I didn't know anything any roguelikes kind of existed.
0: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it looks for a roguelike of that era, it actually looks pretty decent. Uh, as far as you can tell what everything looks like, it's not just stick figures,
1: and it's turn based too, right? When you move, then the enemy
0: moves, right? When I move, you move. Yeah, just like that. No, <laughs> um. Yes, I mean, that's all there's to say about it. You have to get the English translation, which you can go online and find.
1: Oh, so there's a ROM that's translated. It's well, translated. Nice.
0: Otherwise, yeah, you can go into your system and not know what anything says or means. Yeah. Um, and that's a real problem. I pray. So that's a little <laughs> gate right there that exits you out, shoots you back up this well back out of that dungeon. And then uh, you, there you go. In this particular run, Mina slew 13 monsters. Grats, which I guess means congrats. Yeah, <laughs> she killed some crabs, a minotaur, and actually has little sizes, almost like a fishing game. Like, here's how big of a minotaur you killed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, fun. I, I think that looks
1: really neat.
0: I concur. Check that out. And that was my first good Game Boy game. Yeah, how about your second one?
1: My second one. So uh, yeah, let's do this. I want to save the the one I got more into for last, but I'm going to do the second one here.
0: Okay, I know which one it's going to be then.
1: So let me. If anybody's been listening to this show. I want to say what are the two things I hate the most, Cody? Two things I hate the most in games.
0: Um, you hate puzzle elements and timers. Puzzle elements and timers, and that's exactly what I have
1: right here on my notes. <laughs> and this game has both of them, but it won me over.
0: Did it? Yeah, it because- already won me over. I have to pause real quick. Yeah. It got su- the romantic lighting in here? It is romantic. Got super subdued.
1: Yeah, let me see if I can turn the light on
0: here. Hold yeah, on because we are we are it is dusk. At this particular time here in El Grove, California. And um, there we go. Now we got light.
1: Yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to lean over and kiss me. I'm glad you told me to turn that on.
0: Nope, I was like, Eric, turn on the friggin' light. <laughs> so
1: this next game contains the two things I hate the most. Timers and puzzles. But I this is the one game that I played on vacation. I took my BitBoy on vacation, and I was like looking for a game on the Game Boy to play. And I was just looking through the list, literally looking through the list, trying to think what which one am I going to play. And you had talked about P cross or Pi cross. How what do you? How do you? I thought you
0: said Pick cross, but yeah, I don't know. Pick
1: cross. Okay, that, that makes sense because it's a picture. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Pick cross an honest go. So like, I loaded it up. Mario Picross, cross, the first one. Mm-hmm. So I guess this game. A little history on this game. Um, this came out in March 1995. It didn't do well in the states, believe it or not. Even though they had a massive uh, advertising for this game, oh, I, I thought states. it was Japanese only. Nope, the first one was released here, really? in, in March '95, and they they advertised, I guess, in magazines and on TV. Even there was even a commercial for this, but it didn't do well. So all the all the sequels came out in um, in Japan. It's like huh? there's uh, PyCross Two. There's another one. Uh, Mario Super Pot- Pit Cross and Cross 2.
0: That's why you keep saying the word yeah, over, and over and over again.
1: I can't even pronounce it right. But anyway, so it, this one did come out here, which is why there's an English translation of it. Um, but in this game, it is a Cross game. So how would you explain that? Like, you you basically...
0: It's hard to explain in words. Yeah, you basically chisel away pieces. There's a grid. Yeah, there's, there's a, a grid. So you have an <laughs> X-axis and a Y-axis. Yep. And at the uh, on the... Edge of the columns and verticals. It'll have a number, and that's how many uh, pixels in a row are in that. Yeah, in that either row
1: or column. Yep, and there could be two numbers or three numbers. Yeah, doesn't it matter. Big enough, yeah. So it could be like one, 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 which means there's one, and then a, at least a space, and then another one, and at least a space, and then another one. But by it's like a crossword puzzle. By getting clues, like filling in one row, like a row across, you might be able to get some clues of what it is down. So it's a lot like a crossword puzzle, kind of. That, but what you're trying to do is chisel away things to make a picture of something. Yep. And then once you begin to see the picture, it might help you to just fill in the blanks. Now, what makes the Mario one interesting is that um, you have 30 minutes to complete each pick cross, but when you get one wrong... It takes time it takes off time of the away. timer. I don't know if all pit crosses work that way. This is the only one I've ever played. All the Mario
0: based ones do. Do that, okay. Yeah.
1: Um,. You can also, in the beginning, is you pick a hint. You you can say if you want a hint or not a hint.
0: Don't do the hint. Can't do the hint. Yeah, I
1: did. And (laughs) so it would then it gives you one row and right. And it's like a roulette style. It like goes, and you hit the button and it like will stop and like fill in a column, fill in a row.
0: And that's a huge, especially in the later levels, that's a huge advantage. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly. In this one, you can also do X's. So if you want to take a guess, like if you are just trying to puzzle out what the picture is, you can use an X to kind of do this, like a little tool.
0: So the X, I don't, you can use it however you want. You can, yeah. The X, I've always used it, and I think other games kind of force you to do it this way. Basically say, okay, it's not here. It cannot be here. Oh, really? So it's the exact opposite of putting a block there. Oh, Which is okay. like, for example, if it starts with two, yeah, you get one, two, put an X, because it's not going to be there. It's not going to be the next one. That would be three. Saying. It can't be three. It's only two. So okay. X.
1: Um, this particular one I starts out with easy, which is a five x five grid like this, and there are yep. plenty. There's 64 levels at each level in this one. Yeah, there's 256 total puzzles in this game. One easy, Kanoko, Star, and Time Trial. Like there's four different. That those are what the levels are named. Um, there's 64 in each one. Um, Time Trial is unlocked when you beat all the rest, and it's more of an arcade style like uh, pit Cross. So. <laughs> It basically is like a countdown timer, and you got to like sit there and try to figure out what the picture is. Um, anyway, I had a blast with this. I completed all sixty-four easy ones on my vacation.
0: You did okay. Yep. That's so I, I'm going to
1: move on to the next one, and I do plan on using it more of a kind of a casual game. So there it is. Oh wow! So you have the original Picross Mario Picross, I the
0: Japanese version. the which Japanese is, I version. Was the only version, which is why I own that.
1: Yeah, I read the hit- the history of it, and there is. Just for the first one, there is an English and a Japanese version, um, gotcha. but but the, the the next two sequels do not. They, they only came out in Japan. Um, oh, that's neat. I really like the graphics on that. It looks really cool. Yeah. So I imagine, cool. have you have you
0: played this one? Oh, I completed it. Sorry, I'm way off in the distance because I'm the grabbing stuff. Oh, here we go. Okay. Duh. So in here, how is that it? Yeah, there's...
1: Oh wow, there's the Famicom he super just Fan- thing. Super Famicom. The Super Famicom,
0: um I
1: guess that what is this called? Like Super Picross? I think it's or Mario something? Super
0: Picross, yeah. Oh okay. And I've completed that one too. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I love I love Picross. I don't know. It's not something I talk about I mean I end up talking about it but yeah. too much because it's all kind of the same to be honest, but
1: Yeah, I think, like, when I take my daughter to volleyball practice and whatever, I think I'm going to start taking my little bit boy and playing through all the... Now that I've completed all the easy ones, I'm going to try to tackle... Because I still have, like, 128 of the regular
0: puzzles to Yeah, Well, I know it's like a game like this where it's like, all right, if I'm going to sit down for video game time, I'm going to play a video game. Yes, yes. But if, like, I'm going to bed or, like, shoot, you know, we're somewhere and I have... Someone had to stop and take a phone call, so I'm sitting there for 10, 15 minutes... Yeah. Just hack away at one or two, get yep. a couple puzzles done. And this one's
1: great because, I mean, they give you 30 minutes to complete the, each puzzle, but you can usually do them in 15, 20 minutes. Um, so, I mean, it's a fun little way to pass the time. It's almost like what old school people used to do with crossword puzzles and stuff like that.
0: Or Sudoku more recently.
1: Yeah, Sudoku more recently, correct. Yep. So, no, I will say I'm starting to turn the page on more puzzle-y games and
0: depends on the style it it depends on the
1: style so anyway i thoroughly enjoyed my time with this so that's that's my second pick what's yours hammer and harry i never heard of this never (laughs) heard of it
0: game is really cool um so let me find let me make sure i find the uh, the game boy one here game boy hammer and harry playthrough there we go watch this while we uh let's get the music going back here there you go there's your music Oh. So this game was made at the later game, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. By Iram. Okay. Of R-type fame. And it's got this like chunky um chibi Japanese art yeah. style. Yep. Um and it's bizarre because it's called Hammer and Harry, which doesn't tell you a whole lot, but then there's subtitle to this game. It's almost like they were gonna make more Hammer and Harry games. And it's Hammer and Harry Ghost Building Company. Um and there's a little story in there or whatever but basically you're a dude with a huge mallet. And almost it plays a lot like Splatterhouse. Oh really? Remember when we played uh I do. The what was it Doku what is the uh, Splatterhouse on the NES? Wanpaku Paku Graffiti. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh it plays a lot like that. And uh, you're just going around with a huge hammer. In this case, he's got a power-up, and he's got this gigantic mace that's the size of his body. Yeah, that's huge. And it's just something about the way it's, the gameplay's designed. It's yeah. Just, every hit is so satisfying. Um, The big old chunky sound effects. Yeah. And uh, so right now he's going through this like haunted house, which looks great for a Game Boy game. Yeah. It's, um, it is
1: like a flick screen platformer, but the cool thing is when you... It does some scrolling it does scrolling. it does do some scrolling but like when it goes like when you climb the ladders then moves the whole level down but you're right it, does, it like right now it's doing some serious scrolling so that's pretty impressive
0: um so he's climbing up this uh, like haunted mansion right now and beating people into submission with his hammer uh here's a boss battle which is like a true old 8-bit boss battle where you have to hit this guy and stuff falls from the ceiling and uh you have to dodge that and then he falls off the wall again you hit him again um, it's just a great platformer slash I guess hack and slash if you want to call it that um, so do you
1: get different weapons
0: so uh, as I played your standard weapon is always the mallet and you can power it up and you get a couple other like power up weapons oh, okay. but they're timed and then they run out um, I can fast forward here a little bit and see There's this level becomes a shmup oh really for whatever reason it's just boom now he's flying through the air I remember playing this one.
1: Oh wow, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think he's just dodging stuff. There he goes. And oh, and
1: he's got like missiles like a like a shmup. Like it's <laughs> like a, a, he turns into a vertical out his shmup. Fist.
0: <clears throat> so It's just a solid um I guess platformer hack and slash kind of a kind yeah. of thing. Just looks great, sounds great, plays great. Bam, bam, boom, boom. Oh, and that's kind of fun too, is you can also press up to put it above you and it blocks you from stuff falling so there's more to it than just hitting people you there's some strategy and you can you use start.
1: it like a defensive weapon
0: almost yep some bosses you have to use that because they're dropping things on your head and you have to use, put that above you or yeah smash the ground to shake the ground hammer and harry hammer and harry
1: it looks great uh, i have to admit i i i spoiler alert my next one's a chunky chibi platformer as well but the, that one looks really good. I, I kind of like it. I mean, I kind of like it almost better than the one I picked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was thinking about picking this one as well, and I had a feeling you might, because you had talked about a, a similar game recently.
1: A similar game. So recently, the, the history of why I picked this game is that I recently bought the uh, Castlevania Anniversary Edition on the Switch, which is great. A bunch of versions of uh, Castlevania were included, but one I had never heard of on there was Kid Dracula. A
0: Konami joint.
1: A Konami joint on the original Famicom because it did never it never had an English translation until this anniversary edition. It was always yeah. just a Famicom Japanese version. It had
0: a, a fan translation, which is what I've played in the past. Yeah. But this is an official.
1: Yep. But this this is Kid Dracula. And this did come out in the USA. Okay. It is a version on the Game Boy called Kid Dracula. And I never played any Kid Draculas. I played a little bit on the anniversary edition. I was like, this looks amazing. I'm going to get back to this. This looks really cool. And then when we decided to do Game Boy games, I was like, there is a Game Boy version of this. So I want to... Was it in
0: that collection or no?
1: It is in the... Not the Game Boy version. The Famicom version. The Japanese only Famicom version. The Game Boy wasn't. Okay. But the Game Boy version was not on that. So I loaded this up and it looks a lot like the Hammer and Harry. Like big, chibi, chunky... To be fair, the
0: NES game looks... Like, yeah. A very similar aspect ratio, a huge yep. character. Yep, exactly.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing is you mentioned that it was a later game like 93. This came out March 93. Okay. Um it's a spin-off of Castlevania. Um Garamoth is the bad guy that you see that you're that you're actually fighting, but what happens is this is kind of a I think they said this was a it might be a sequel, but what happens is he gets all of his powers taken away. And you okay. go through here, and you you gain the power. I, I always love that. Yeah, that concept. so um, you find additional power ups, and you can switch to those. So, like throughout the game, at least for the first four levels, you are looking for um, you. You basically can unlock different powers that he has. Like uh, the first one is a is a giant super fireball, which you have in the beginning. So if you hold down the fire button, he starts to blink.
0: Okay, and when yeah. you
1: let go, it turns into what your whatever your superpower is, like your power up, and you can use the um, select button to switch between all of your different power ups that you get. One of them is like a bat weapon, which these bats circle you, almost like the whip, like in Castlevania, but okay. it's a circle of bats. Um, oh, another one is upside down, like if you hold the button down and then release it, he'll he can cl- he can walk on the ceiling like a bat, like a bat. Um, and so basically it's a platformer and you go through the platformer and you are looking for you know power-ups and and weapons and stuff like that you find these hearts and they give you a, like you can find a heart container and it gives you additional hearts or you can yeah. find different ways to increase your your life performance but the really the thing about it is you're you're looking for the right tool for the for the level like sometimes you have to like there's one power-up where you turn into a bat and you can fly and he gets this little thing above his head, which shows a countdown, and you are only a bat for like four seconds. Okay, so you better get to somewhere where when you turn back, you're going to land softly, Gosh, because if yeah. you don't, you you are going to die. Um, there you go. It, He's a bat. Yep. As you can see, there's multi-directional firing. You can shoot up. You can shoot left and right. You can even shoot down. If you jump up, you can shoot down, and that comes in handy in the later in the later levels. When you complete um, a level, it. Um, it asks you if you want coins or lives. If you pick lives, you get extra lives. If you pick coins, you can use those coins in these mini games, which get you different things in the game. There's like a roulette game and there's like a, a pick style game where you pick the different things. Um, it really is a a very cool game. Um, what I love is at the end of the like the like in the in the Hammer and Harry game, like the animations are really cool. Uh-huh. When he completes a level, like watch when he finishes this guy, he like puts the cape over his over his face, like and it's just this really neat little animation. I was really I'm really impressed with what the what the programmers on the Game Boy really did with this thing. I mean. If you think about the processing power and stuff on the original Game Boy... I mean, they did some really neat things with this thing.
0: Fun fact about this game, which I can't remember if we talked about later... Like, this enemy right here, the first boss... Is this... It's a guy who looks like he's wearing a sheet to look like a ghost. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, In the original Japanese NES game... Yeah. He had a swastika on his head. Really? Yes. I had no idea. If you go play that ROM yeah he is a clan member yikes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's so crazy. this yeah. american version obviously they got rid of that yeah. at least for the i don't know if the game boy one ever had it but at least
1: you're fighting him and not aligned correct defend. that's correct
0: <laughs> even if you are an evil monster who sucks the blood of yeah. living people even he knows that clan thing it right yeah.
1: that's like with wolfenstein <laughs> where they removed all this swastikas, because even though you're fighting nazis yeah. obviously and that <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> anyways so anyway,
1: I, I, I've i gotten pretty far in this game. I think I'm about halfway through it. I, I'm really enjoying this game. This game this is a blast. Looks, this looks
0: really good. And But it looks a lot like the NES, NES one. It's, yeah, it is. You played both. Is it yep. ex- an exact, Um, not exact, obviously, but an exact like attempt at a port? Like, is it the same I don't exact so. level?
1: I don't think so. I didn't play enough of the, the Anniversary Edition to really say that, but I don't think it is. I think it's pr- pretty unique. Okay.
0: Yeah. Perfect. I prefer it when they're like that. Yeah. I've got one last game, I believe, Eric. Yes, you do. And I'm eager to hear about it. Well, are you really? Because you're probably tired of hearing me talk about this. No, no, I'm ready.
1: And um, so, this is the one game that when I saw it on your list, because you posted in the notes, I was like, you know what? I'm going to load this up. Oh, did you? And I have some, I, I only have
0: one thing to say about it, but I want to hear what you have
1: to say about it. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I think you know what I'm going to say about it.
0: Uh, no, I, well, maybe. Uh, I chose a game from my favorite 8-bit series of all time. Yeah. Of which I have never played uh, through a, like, version of it on the Game Boy. Okay. And that is Mega Man 5, specifically. Yeah. Mega Man 5. There are four other Mega Mans on the Game Boy. And those four other Mega Mans are, like, truncated versions of the NES counterparts. Okay. More or less. I didn't know that, but okay. And so they're not really unique. They're just kind of worse versions of Mega Man. Yeah. Mega Man 5 is an altogether unique game. These bosses and levels and whatever are made specifically for the Game Boy and where you can't find them nowhere else. Okay. And uh, it felt played everything like a Game Boy game. He can. So if you haven't. I'm sorry, like a Mega Man game. So if you've never played a Mega Man game, what's wrong with you? Um, But it is a game where you. It's a. I guess if you want to call it a run and gun platformer. Yeah. You can only shoot directly in front of you. Um, you can hold the button down like the later Mega Man game So it charges up your shot and you can let go From Mega Man 4 onwards They did that Yeah. From Mega Man 3 onwards including this game You can slide if you press down and jump and You can slide under things
1: Down and jump slides Down okay. and jump
0: slides um, and as you beat each boss, you gain uh, one of their weapons, and you can use those weapons throughout different levels and against different bosses.
1: And you can switch
0: weapons. Yep. Yeah. Press start and select which weapon, and each weapon has a certain amount of power, so as you use a weapon, it lowers in power, so you gotta be, you know, pay attention to which ones you're using and when you're using them, and you, there's power-ups that fill up those weapons again, but you have to have the right one selected, so when you get the power-up, it fills up that particular weapon. Gotcha. Um, there's a really cool password feature here, where yep. it's they've always been kind of convoluted these big grids of of things but that password saves a lot of information including how many energy um capsules you have how many lives you have all this kind of stuff and um that's just so theatrical and the fact that you get to choose which boss or which level you want to play when uh it's a little different because instead of being able to uh, to pick any of the eight bosses you start with four bosses and after you beat those four there's like a mini boss and then four more bosses um i know because i completed the game eric i oh, loved it yeah i went through and played the whole game i had to and it was absolutely great uh, now did
1: you beat it the first time all the way through like or did you did you die and then have to go back and start again or anything like that
0: well the, so the way Mega Man works is if you beat a boss and yeah. you die you just press continue and you'll continue having beat that boss still okay okay it, it keeps going so and, even
1: if you run out of all lives you're you can yeah still continue on yeah. okay i didn't know that i haven't beat a B- mega man yet I, I've, I've toyed with them but i've never really gotten into them and i, I that's one thing i want to get into in the next coming months is that, i think we talked about it like i i'm gonna start with mega man 2 is that what your recommendation
0: is like on nez two yeah two or three but a lot of people love two so yeah i'll go with two okay um and then of course as any mega man game now to be fair i beat this in three days yeah, I mean, it. It probably took me three, three well, four hours. That,
1: that's a good amount for a game Boy game. Amount. That's a perfect amount.
0: Yeah, yeah. But if you don't know this about any Mega Man game, this is what I've told you in the past. Yeah. A big part of it is knowing which bosses to choose in the which boss order. Order. Yeah. So I could probably have played for ten hours trying to figure out which bosses to play which order, so that you get a weapon from one boss and you use it on another boss. That would be like impossible without the weapon from the other boss. Yeah.
1: The most effective so route. So I
0: always play these games just looking up the boss order. I don't look up anything else. I just look up the boss order. Yeah. Because I could sit there and bang my head against the wall and spend a bunch of time, or else I can just know which order to go in right. and progress through the game, which is how I enjoy it. Cool. If you want to call it cheating, call it cheating. Think, yeah, I don't think it's cheating. I, I, I still played through the whole game and beat the game as it was intended. Yeah. I just didn't spend all the time to figure out the boss order. Yeah, you
1: told me once to... to uh looked that up for Mega Man 2 before I began and I did but unfortunately I found a bunch of different opinions on the boss orders. Okay. So like I don't know which one to go with. So I I'm, I'm just going to pick one and try to, try to go through it.
0: Mega Man 3 I could I could coach you through that game right now without even looking <laughs> at it. That's what I grew up with that game. Yeah. Um so you you played this one. What are you going to say about it? The
1: only comment I have is I loaded it up and like I died immediately. Like wow. it was tough as nails.
0: No, it was not. It was
1: tough I, as nails, man. I, 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 I. Maybe I'm just bad at these kind of games, but I, I played for literally like ten minutes and like I, lo- I died. Like I was like, I, I I died. I was like, oh okay, this is a Mega Man game. This can be really really tough.
0: So there's a rhythm to these games, I think. Okay. And I know it because I played so much Mega Man Three, and yeah. all of them have that rhythm. Whatever. The, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like. Yeah. And I'm watching this guy do it. He does the same thing. Like stop, wait. Yep. And it's done spraying. Go go, and you know it's gonna happen. You know, like everything has a rhythm. It's repetition. Yeah. And you kind of. It takes a little memorization, but not a ton.
1: Maybe that's what I need to do, is just I need experience playing more Mega Man games. I,
0: I really don't have
1: much of any, so...
0: Yeah, because it's just not a difficult game. I mean, I don't know. Then again, I did play it on the Super Game Boy, on yeah. a bigger screen. Yeah. And if anybody plays any Game Boy games or finds any Game Boy game hard, I suggest you try it with a controller on a big screen. Exactly. it become much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But I absolutely this is by far my favorite game uh, that I played this time, might be my favorite game I've played on Game Boy. Really, I love. I, well, I mean, it's Mega Man. I love Mega Man. But, yeah. And, it's and you unique. had never
1: played this one before. right? I
0: never played one because I always kind of knew they were just kind of dumbed down versions of the NES ones. But, but then this you one's found not. this
1: one was a unique one. Yeah.
0: Yep. And they always finished was a big uh, Doctor Feiley, Doctor Feiley, Doctor Wiley battle. Yeah. Which were really creative battles. Anyways. And what did you pl- you played this on Super Game Boy? Super Game Boy, yeah. Okay, with, a, so with Super Nintendo controller. Awesome. It looks awesome. I don't know what else to say. It was a good one, and it was a good episode of Pixel Guy Dad. Yeah. Woo! All done.
1: <laughs> we did it. And next next uh, episode, we're going to have Tim on with us, and we're going to do uh, Battle of the Systems Boxing.
0: This is an 8-bit interesting 8-bit boxing, one. yeah. Tim picked this one. Yes, he did. He wanted to do... He loves his micros. He wanted to do a Commodore versus Spectrum battle. Yes, he did.
1: I, I remember talking about boxing, but I've, I was thinking more like Ready to Rumble, like some really nice... You know, (laughs) 32-bit, like, I was like, I'm going to get into Ready to Rumble, because I love those games. We did
0: not do 32-bit, and we did not necessarily do really nice.
1: (laughs) And then I think Tim jumped in and said, hey, let's do a 64 ZX Spectrum battle and do an 8-bit boxing. And I was like, "Oh, all right. All right,
0: Tim, you get one a year. Yeah. You
1: get one a year. I didn't know what to expect, but um, it was interesting. It was interesting. Don't give anything
0: away, but we did play uh, two boxing games. We played um, Frank Bruno Boxing. Yep. On the Commodore 64. Yep, and this guy's name makes me laugh every, laugh every time. McQuiggins? It's
1: McQuiggin, Barry McQuiggin's, boxing? McQuiggin's. Yeah, which we we've never heard of him before. Like, right? I've he not never...
0: heard of either of these guys. I'll be honest, with you.
1: I heard of Frank Bruno have before because okay. he 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 fought Tyson like very early in his career. I think so. I, I heard of him, but I never heard of Barry McQuigan and I always have a hard time remembering his name yep. when I'm looking it up to load up in the um, Barry like, that McQuiggin's.
0: <laughs> it sounds better that way, <laughs> make quickens. Um, I'd like to fight you.
1: The funny thing is, the first time you put this in the notes, you didn't say. You said um, Frank Bruno on the ZX Spectrum, and I was oh, like, okay. okay. And I loaded it up. There's oh, a version. My bad. Okay. There's a version of it on the ZX Spectrum, and I loaded that up, and I was like, okay. And I was playing it, and I was like, hmm. And then when you switch it to 64, I loaded that up. I was like, okay, this is a little better. <laughs> okay. I mean, not that we're doing a battle of that, but I was like, okay, this yeah. one's better. This is a better version of all this right, game. So right. anyway, not giving away too much. So
0: we'll, we'll do that battle with Tim Yeah. Uh, next uh, episode, which will be on the 30th of July. Yeah. Um, there are 30 days in July, right? I'm not, I'm not pulling a February 30th again. <laughs> I don't know. But you know,
1: I think you're right. I think you're
0: right. Um. And we will be covering oh Cody's corner yeah which I'm going to talk about some modern modern Vectrex games because I've just been loving my Vectrix. yeah I'm glad that, to see you're playing yours and that again will be um, a video episode so I also ha- will have a video version of that um, around the same day around the thirtieth probably maybe a little little like day or two later that's okay. kind of how I've been doing it yeah um, so you can actually see the games and enjoy them along with me excellent. Um and then of course we always have a game show on our second episode of the month. Yeah. And um We haven't decided who's doing it. We catch that, right? up. We talk about whatever. Yeah. It's good times.
1: I have an yeah. idea for a game show, so if you want me to do it, I'll, I'll oh, we'll I think Eric up.
0: just threw down the gauntlet. Yeah,
1: I'll do it. I'll do it. I got Love a good it. I got a good good uh good uh topic for it.
0: Perfect, perfect. Well then on that note we will see you guys later and always remember it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore gaiden, And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's oddba a one one four nine. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.